This episode of Watch Out for Fireballs is brought to you by Duck Fest. What? That's right. If you go to duckfeed.tv slash duckfest, you can find out all kinds of information. Uh, information on things like uh, what it is. What even is it? Cool podcast festival in Portland, Oregon. Uh, when is it? August 31st. Uh, 9.30 to 5.30. Uh, and uh, what? who's all performing? All your Duckfeed favorites. Uh, assuming that your favorites are the ones that are, that are performing and then also some local guest performances. It is going to be fun and unpredictable and it's the first time we've ever done it and we would love you to, to come out. I understand not everybody lives here. Um, if you're able to, we'd love to see you. Please, uh, please come out. It's the first time we'd love your support. So, uh, yeah, again, that's duckfeed.tv slash duckfest. Thank you. <laughs> My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a Games Club podcast. And this week we are talking about Final Fantasy V, which is a Japanese role-playing game developed and published by Square for the Super Famicom in 1992. Yeah, and it's summer JRPG time. Yeah. The hot, hot time some... random encounters. No, nope, yeah, messed it up. time. It's really <laughs> high encounter rate. Um, the, uh, yeah. Uh, we're doing Final Fantasy V this year, um, and we're doing it in two episodes. Mm-hmm. This first episode is covering generalities, which will be generous. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then World 1, uh, for people who have not played Final Fantasy V, it is roughly split into three parts yes. and three worlds. Um, and yeah, we're doing the first one mm-hmm. this episode. Yeah. I was I was yeah. pausing to think about this. We've covered a lot of um, Final Fantasy games. Um, yeah. And from the ones that I care about... Uh, mm-hmm. All that's left is um, is uh, uh, eight, nine, and twelve. Yeah, yeah, we've almost we've done them. Somebody uh, on the Slack said, "Surely there'll be a moratorium on Final Fantasy games for a while after this." Uh, yeah, which I just thought right. was a funny, uh, a funny phrasing. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, but the the thing with Final Fantasy is they're all different. So it's yeah. like, you know, it's like, yes, we could, you know, we could switch to a different series, which we will at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. I also, you know, in the future there will be things like near right, like there will be things that are not quite. Like basically, what I'm saying sideways is this makes me extremely horny to do let us hang together, yep. uh, and that would be a great summer JRPG next year, even though it's not quite a JRPG, it's but it's also a super long game that'll take multiple parts. And yes, yeah, um, but and, th- and this made me extremely want to play that. Not mm-hmm. that I'm not having fun with this, yeah, but you know, 
this did remind me of of make me want to play Final Fantasy Tactics and mm-hmm. other other tactics games quite a bit. Um, we have almost covered all the Final Fantasies I care to. Mm-hmm. Like I'm even for me, it's like eight and nine basically because I'm yeah. not a twelve guy. Like I would do twelve if if it made sense. But yeah. uh, and then even then, like I am more eager to replay nine than eight. Like I like the story of nine better. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and then after that, like we're free. <laughs> and we can we we can do uh you know take, oh, come on shadow hearts covenant um yeah, that, that a you, rule <laughs> yeah i mean yeah that'd, that'd be a good one like there's other ones we can do and it just uh you know yeah. the 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 uh you, you mentioned hot times random encounters in the city like the associated difficulties with doing these games are true mm-hmm. right like this game you know which i like i like this game i have some you know i obviously have some, have some criticisms of it uh i like it you know, we early on when we talked about JRPGs, we were like, we're not going to talk about the random encounter thing just because it's like your racist uncle. Yeah. And you just allow your racist uncle. It's 2019. Yep. Um, I no longer allow my racist uncle. <laughs> uh, and I also no longer, uh, you know, it's like, man, the encounter rate in this game, it makes it like, you know, you, you can play it while like doing something else. Mm-hmm. It's like every couple, like sometimes it's like four steps. Yeah. It is not. I'm playing the, the GBA version. We'll get into versions later, of course. But it's like the, the tuning on the random encounter thing is just absolutely nuts yeah it comes it at you come c- coming in hot in terms of the uh the random encounter rates and yeah. i and i haven't had a non-boss encounter that i've had to pay attention to yet yeah and i'm two-thirds through the game that's a lot mm-hmm. like most you know it is it is doing the jrpg thing where most of the game i don't have to do anything right it's really weird mm-hmm. it is a weird genre folks <laughs> tell like, strange genre and yeah. it is uh yeah i just yeah. just tap it and, you, know, and, you and, set up that memory thing you're good <laughs> You know, it can make somebody do rapid fire instead of fight and then just have that be their automatic default thing. Fuck, I'm good. Yeah. And yep. if, if if you looked around in 2010 and thought, where did all the JRPGs go? Um, you know, this might be it. Yeah. Like, it might be just like, yeah, they, they, and why they're all action games now. Like we yeah. talked about Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy is just an action series now. Yes. Like it's it's not there's nothing uh, JRPG about it genre wise. Mm-hmm. Right. Like they have to do these explicit throwbacks yeah. with Ariana Grande in them to to like uh to to actually do this kind of game like it has to be mm-hmm. a mobile phone you know or a portable only experience yeah um or then and then like the bravely default team comes out with something and everyone like absolutely goes nuts for like a month <laughs> you know but like maybe this is what happened to the genre is just yeah. like yeah, every couple steps you just have to tap a to get through a a little like basically cutscene. uh-huh you know no, i mean so. and it's it's probably pretty telling that when they uh when they re-release games uh like this at least from the ps2 era yep. they put in all those features to skip whole mechanics whole sections of yep. the game huge sections of mechanics and it would yep. be really difficult for this one just giving yourself max ap or mm-hmm. experience for this like what you would want is to just have your characters walk around and whenever there would be an encounter you just get that much experience yes so you're still playing with an appropriately leveled party for the boss fights and can mm-hmm. kind of you know play and make your job choices yeah but just like there's those tiles and when you walk on them, it's a dink you just get a little pickup of experience and apb mm-hmm. uh, or abb abp i'm gonna say apb i'll poison yeah. bulletin a lot uh, <laughs> during this uh duology but yeah that would be a way to do it because mm-hmm. it's like man yeah it's nuts. no no because like the boss fights are generally fine like the those are interesting great. yeah like i, I yeah. like that that's where this sings especially with yeah. the job system you know, so the boss fights have been surprisingly challenging. Like I, I died on boss fights uh, on this, like not in this first world, but in the second world. Uh, and I was not it's been a while since I died to a Final Fantasy boss. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, it was pretty rare when we did 10. Um, the boss fights in this are really good. You know, the job system is 
you know, it's not its final form, but it's good. Mm-hmm. Um, there are things like I genuinely like this game a lot, but man, does most of the game just consist of like random battle music and just tapping a to make my dudes do double slash and rapid fire yeah. to get through, it, mm-hmm. you know? So just, just, you know, getting that out there now. Yeah. Just, 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 constantly. I just like, man, does it suck? Uh, under, that, that aspect suck. Like yeah. not the game. I understand that this is just kind of going to be a banner that we're going to be marching under. We're not going to be always yeah. put it, pointing up at the banner. Um, when it yes. happens, but just understand that, like, you know, this is where we are at in covering JRPGs, you know, for the show right now, even even think, ones that we really, really enjoy. I think it does, like, kind of make me feel like it almost needs to inform future choices. Yeah. Like, this might be, you know, and that doesn't mean never doing a game that has these things, but it means mm-hmm. doing games that have had that re-release with those quality of life features or can be played in an emulator on increased speed or something, mm-hmm. right? Because, like... I'm almost out of time for that. Yeah. Like very close, like just like out of time in my life. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I'm pushing 40. I've got the little gem on my palm is like fucking freaking out. It's like a <laughs> flickery fluorescent light in an abandoned asylum. Like I just, I am almost out of time for this. Yeah. I, you know, and again, having fun with this mostly through like watching on cinema at the same time. So I have all these positive mm-hmm. memories of like Kirk, Kirk Turkington going, Hey guys, yeah. uh, during the entire time. But, it's this might be it. Yeah. So just throwing that out there, like that doesn't mean we can't do Final Fantasy Nine. It means I'm going to play the Steam version in which you can just like skip a bunch of nonsense. Yeah. Because this this it's frustrating. Mm-hmm. Like it's very frustrating to me. Uh, and in the GBA version, at the very least, it is tuned higher than average. Yes. Like it is sometimes three steps, sometimes four steps. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I played the GBA version as well. We'll talk about kind of what's different about that when we get to it. Oh, yeah. 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 And it's largely considered to be like a good version of it, if mm-hmm. not the best version of it, other than the original Super Famicom version. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, in this game, you play as four adventurers who are on a quest to save the world's crystals from an extra dimensional threat known as X-Death. Yeah. Uh, the fact that the character, the, the, the main bad guy's name has death in it is uh, probably indicative of the complexity yes. that we are dealing with. <laughs> Yeah, we'll we'll get into the plot, which like we, like I have a lot of positive things to say about this game. Mm-hmm. I am generally having fun. Yeah. Um, none of the positive things I have to say deal with the plot. Yeah. Of of this, like this is a big step back, and us doing this after four, and after ten mm-hmm. even, uh, is not to not going to make this look good in comparison. No. no. Um. These these character the world is very simple, the story is very simple, and the characters are as two dimensional as they come. Like there's, there's no such thing as a complicated relationship in this game. No. Um, everyone likes each other, mm-hmm. uh, or they love each other. Yeah. And those are the two things and they want to do good mm-hmm. or they want to do good. And those are the two, <laughs> those, that's literally, those are the, that's what we have to choose from here. Like these are absolutely as two dimensional as characters have been in a game basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're, they're as two dimensional as Mario. Yeah. Um, and so, not Mario in the Mario RPGs. No, which is much <laughs> he's, he's silent. For a story, which is much more two-dimensional. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So, you know, general, the general mechanics, you know, it's going to be really familiar to you if you have played, um, especially like Final Fantasy IV, you know, top-down world and dungeon navigation. It's uh, the, the, the active time battle system comes over. Mm-hmm. Um, you go down from five uh, party members to four again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, it looks and feels an awful lot like Final Fantasy IV. Um, you know, I think down to there, I think maybe there's even some asset reuse, actually. It would be very surprising to me if there wasn't. Yeah. Like these castles, mm-hmm. you know, some of these castles and towns look very similar. Yeah. Um, the, the, the tight one on an active time battle means that your characters have a stat that determines when they can move. And mm-hmm. while you're deciding, 
what for your your character to do uh mm-hmm. you know outside of a menu time still moves forward yes so the enemy can then move and interrupt you is basically what active time battle means in a nutshell we've done more lengthy explanations of that in the final fantasy 4 episodes yes if you haven't heard those go back for more talk on that right um and of the snes trilogy um this is the most mechanically i think just rich one uh mm-hmm. just because of the presence of the job system which uh is on loan here from final fantasy 3 uh for much Go- improved three. yes yes very yeah. much improved um just because and we'll talk we'll talk about the thing that is the added complication that benefits it um this is distinct from final fantasy 4's approach where you had individual characters who stuck to their assigned job yes or yeah. or six is where you have uh basically you choose a loadout yeah. for a character through through espers and that's modular so you choose the characters you like there's a little bit of difference between them but you mm-hmm. just kind of choose what they'll be yeah. uh, through that and kind of permanently make them into a long-running thing this is much more uh, agile yes um, through that so the way this works is you gain experience which allows you to gain levels like any rpg um you gain uh gain hp and stats and such um but you also gain something called ability points and uh you your characters have a character level which is kind of a master level that applies mm-hmm. to your character no matter what they're doing and then a job level that is specific to uh certain assigned jobs yes um without a job on um most of the character stats are really similar to each other um yes. you know when you're when you're just rolling around at the start of this game it's it's kind of ridiculous how exactly the same they are uh but it, the job is what uh, like it, very it, minor differences which people like min maxers will be like this character needs to be this kind of class because they have this <laughs> like two point stat buff right in this right. thing and that's not true like right. make them whatever you want because they're all so close as to be basically identical <laughs> yeah um so uh we have these jobs and these are like character classes you know um, mm-hmm. And you would, you know, understand what these are if you've played, you know, other Final Fantasy games or even other uh, fantasy RPGs, you know, that kind of break down into these categories of physical fighters, casters, hybrids, and then just weirdo classes. Mm-hmm. Um, and they differentiate they differentiate from each other, not just because of their stats uh, or what they can equip, but these abilities uh, that they have, yeah. both passive and active. Yes. Um, and those abilities are earned. Mm-hmm. uh through through leveling up your your ability points and then assigned yes uh as well as well mentioned um your character level your master level kind of determines your base stat growth and then when you apply a job it's like uh applying a set of modifiers yeah to those stats uh while the job is assigned it is not um like final fantasy tactics or later games where gaining a level as a knight gives you different permanent yeah stat increases to your character it's when you're a knight yeah. You have these stat increases to your character. The, Other there, than one exception, which yeah. we'll, we'll talk about. <laughs> There's a way for that to happen. But uh but yeah. Yes. Um, um yeah. So when you're playing as the job, you're gonna be able to do whatever whatever you know that that character can do, whatever that job class uh, lets it lets you have. Uh, as long as you, you know, like for magic users, you have to buy the spells. Um yes. a little bit like um Final Fantasy One and and then three. Um, and there are a couple of exceptions where they're just abilities that you get by unlocking them, but those are mostly for portability, uh, for, for moving on to another, uh, onto another job. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so when you have a character, um, all characters have, uh, you know, attack and, uh, item, yep. um, and defend as moves. Uh, and these are, these are non-freelancer. We'll talk about all that freelancer mime stuff, 
eventually for people who are screaming at us. Yes. Uh, <laughs> general, most classes you have those three things, and then you uh, your uh, you or you have the the basic that comes with your class. So if you're a white mage, you have the white magic mm-hmm. thing, just comes with your class, and then you have a secondary thing, which can come from either that class. Right. Look, one of the major weaknesses of this job system is that you have to assign stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So if you want to have a uh, a thief who can run away very easily, mm-hmm. they can't, they don't just hard code that into running away. No, they make it an active ability you have to hide mm-hmm. assign. So as a thief, you have to actually use both your slots to steal and run away. But that secondary slot can be from any class. Right. So what you do is you create hybrids. Yeah. Um, and the the combinations are you know nigh endless. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't mean that there are nigh endless ones that are effective or that you should even consider, <laughs> right. right? Like having that thief that has flea is not that interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, or having a, uh, a white mage that has, um, red, mage, red sword. magic, yeah. yeah, red magic, right. That can be frank, frankly superfluous, uh-huh. um, or like just not good use, right? right like, right. you know, barehanded, mm-hmm. like a barehanded yeah. white mage, not that interesting. Yeah. Uh, ber- a berserker with white magic. You're never going to be able yes. to cast that dog. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, um, but you can make much more effective uh, things like this. So, like, if you want to have your, uh, you have a knight. Um, he's generally there to have a lot of HP and to cover uh, characters when they're about to die. Mm-hmm. Maybe you want him to be able, and covering happens automatically. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you want him to be able to heal as well. Yeah. So you give him some levels in white mage. Then he can also cast a heal spell on his turn, and you've made this kind of like hybrid, like this paladin templar type of character. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it's neat. Yeah. And certain classes are already kind of hybridized, so you can see, mm-hmm. like, how you are setting up these gradients um, and synergies between them. Yes. Um, and, of course, when you have anything like this, you have things that can just absolutely break the game. Um, yes. And I have, you know, we've said this for a while, but for me, a uh, a system in uh, any JRPG, but Final Fantasy in particular, to me, is at its best when it's when it's most breakable. Yeah. yeah. Even though I will say that with Final Fantasy V, one of the the very minor bummers to me is that it takes so much work to break it. Yeah. Um, we'll we'll talk about this um, at some point, I'm sure. But the uh, this game is downright absolutely stingy with ability points. Yes. Um, it takes uh, an age mm-hmm. to. And yes, there are tricks. Like there are specific rooms you can grind in mm-hmm. using certain tricks to like make these <laughs> things happen faster. Objade oh, oh, are. Have, I've killed so many of you. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like they, they come late, uh-huh. right? Like those things tend to come late. Um, and also that's, I get like not a good value proposition. Like, mm-hmm. yes, you can break the game in exchange for this tedium. Yeah. You know, like it's not breakable. It, it feels less breakable. Uh, to me, the, the gold standard of breakable Final Fantasies is eight. Mm-hmm. Um, because it is not just about how much time you put in yeah. to something. It's about, hey, go play cards against this one guy in this one town, win his rare card and then process it. Yeah. You know, it's more about exploration and finding secrets mm-hmm. to break it than tedium. Yeah. Like in a weird way, there's not that much difference between breaking the, the game the way you do it in Final Fantasy five mm-hmm. and breaking it like you would in Final Fantasy one by grinding up to level ninety nine. Yeah. It takes less time, but it's the same verb mm-hmm. you're doing to break it. Yeah. Um, it's just in Final Fantasy five it requires a little bit more cleverness and ingenuity to come up with a combo, mm-hmm. which is worthwhile. It's valuable. Yeah. But I wish that this game was not quite as stingy with APB as yeah. it is. Yep. ABP. <laughs> I just I just say AP. Uh, I don't AP. I don't care if it's right. It just AP is easier to remember. Yeah. Uh point yeah. I wish it wasn't so stingy with treats. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean so like to, to to give you an idea, you know, an average encounter will give you like one or two. Um yep. the big payday is five. 
Um, and you know, like it varies, you know, depending on what, what level you're trying to reach on a particular class. Um, but like, you know, at the minimum you have to earn like 50 of them. So maybe 25 to 30 encounters to, uh, to, to gain a level to get like a level two or three. Like they start, they start with something very easy to get. And then the real issue is their final abilities, which take like 500, like 400 plus. Yeah. Right. So that's, that's the real issue is that when most things are giving you one to three mm-hmm. at that point, uh, that's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot of encounters to get that ability. Um, and that has these weird knock on effects with the curve because one of the great joys of this game is getting a new job mm-hmm. and testing it out. Yeah. Like switching jobs is fun yep. in this game, like switching your verb set. I wish I could do it more you, often. <laughs> me, exactly. Like when you're, I'm, hey, I'm trying to get rapid fire. Like I got a team of three rangers. This fucking sucks. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> you're going to spend a lot of time in that, yeah. that zone because they, you know. they make the last abilities. Uh, and there's a, there's a myriad uh, ways to affix this, right? Like mm-hmm. Final Fantasy Tactics did it. Um, there were high level abilities in Final Fantasy Tactics, but you gained a lot more JP mm-hmm. in that you had ways to mitigate your JP growth or like increase it. Yep. You know, there, there's ability that, that makes that uh, better. Um, you gain more than one per battle. Like one of the more infuriating decisions in this is that AP is de- uh, per encounter, not per enemy. Yes. Like if it's just one was the minimum per enemy, mm-hmm. it'd be great. Like you'd be getting a lot of like threes early mm-hmm. on, but who cares? Yeah, that's great. You know, that'd be all right. Um, let me, let me get these like more powerful things. Like you make they they prove that they know how to make battles where it is about your ingenuity, right? Like the yeah. optional battles in this, you can't out level. Mm-hmm. They're extremely tough kind of no matter what. Um, just do, you know, make it more tough if you're going to make me more tough. Yeah. And then I'm more engaged and win, win, mm-hmm. you know, and then I'm not just like trying to grind two handed or like dual wield. Yeah. For like half my team at a time, <laughs> which just takes forever. Yeah, just uh, like I, what I want is for the system to, you know, A, force me to think around corners and B, give me way more corners to think around. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And which is basically what Final Fantasy Tactics does. Yes. Like playing this again has made me really compare like job systems, right? And yeah. like, you know, see the way that this is better than three. But most important to me, because Final Fantasy Tactics is one of my all time favorite games, is mm-hmm. see how Final Fantasy Tactics fix this. Yes. Um, by having more innate abilities, like fewer things you have to equip by making your entire verb set part of a single menu command. Mm-hmm. So there's none of that thief having to equip steal and flee separately. Yeah. Uh, flee would just be a a thing under their action mm-hmm. command. It'd be a sub menu. Yeah. You know, uh, and then just like not being as stingy with with, with JP. Um, like those three things make final fantasy tactics a like far superior job system to this. Yeah. Um, you know, and being able to, uh, assign those different categories Mm -hmm. of things. So if you have a, you want to assign your knight with counter, he wouldn't just have, you know, counter, he could have counter as his reaction ability, Mm -hmm. but then like, I don't know, dual wield as his passive ability, his support ability. Yeah. And then, then you're talking, Mm -hmm. you know, then you're cooking with, with Viagra. Yeah. Like (laughs) it just, it, it would be nice if it was more granular. Yeah. yeah. No. Uh but they but maybe they had to go through this to get to that. So I think so too, right? Yeah. Like obviously this came out way before mm-hmm. Final Fantasy Tactics does. I just I'm just thinking of it in terms of like going back is a little bit tougher. Mm-hmm. You know, just because I, I did miss having that variety. Yeah. And you know, you know, I've played Final Fantasy Tactics far more times than I've played this. Yeah. This is the third time I've played Final Fantasy V. Um, me too it'll be the second time i've beat it okay i've like done a serious i beat it once uh when it came out on ps1 Mm -hmm. um with that horrible you know uh translation load times and stuff and then uh i did a run-up on it on gba but i did not beat it Mm -hmm. yeah i just found my cart and saw where i got which was near (laughs) the end but not actually at the end yeah um 
Yeah. So, uh, but just for, for, for me, having spent so much more time with Final Fantasy Tactics, the point I was going to make there is I came back to this with a lot of assumptions about the way that I, basically I, I thought that this worked like that more than it did. Yeah. So that, that also ushered in kind of the disappointment for me. Me too. Um, a little bit disappointment, you know, like, like lowercase d disappointment, not yeah. capital, capital disappointment. Mild, mild like, disappointment. Yeah. 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 Yep. Um, um, so we talked about how leveling up in a particular class doesn't necessarily affect your character's stat growth. That's not exactly the case. Uh, there is a weird way that this happens, and that has to do with the way that your base class, the freelancer, and then a class we're going to get next episode, the mime, the way that those behave. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, ultimately, you're you're going to come back home. You're going to go back to being a freelancer or ever feeling saucy. You're going to make them a mime because of how many abilities they let you assign. Yeah, it becomes closer to Final Fantasy Tactics yes. where you have a lot more of that granularity. Mm-hmm. Um, when you master a class, they will get a uh, a static stat bump to the that character class your base class yeah. your freelancer or mime and it takes the highest of the ones you've done so for example and these aren't exact but like let's say berserker gives you plus 20 strength and knight gives you plus 15 mm-hmm. if you've mastered them both both you get plus 20 yeah they don't add you don't get 38 um, you don't get thirty. yeah in any category you get the highest of the ones you've mastered mm-hmm. um which incentivizes mastering a lot of classes before the end which is a grindy nightmare yes um doing a lot of like mastering classes just for their stats is a bridge too far for me mm-hmm. um you know again because you anytime you're mastering a thing you have to spend time in that class yeah so if it's not a fun class to play you know you're, you're you got to spend time in it mm-hmm. uh which is a a bummer to me but that is a way to make your absolutely top tier parties at the end mm-hmm yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, it, it discourages you sw- swapping around, too. Yes. Um, it just it, uh, it like it, it forces me to play in a way that runs counter to my instinct. You know, I want to yes. I want to dabble. Right. Yep. Yeah. Um, another benefit of being a freelancer or a mime is that you can equip the majority of weapons in the game as well. You know, most of the uh, you know, all the classes come with their own weapon and armor that they can wear. When you are just rolling around, uh, when you're rolling naked, then you can equip everything. Yeah. 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 Um, one of the things I'm glad you have this in the notes because it is a, an annoyance, right? Like not a, a verbal annoyance, but mm-hmm. just an annoyance is that you are walking around uh, with, you know, with an eye towards the future. Mm-hmm. Like you're building characters. Uh, this gives you certain uh, party combinations or maybe not, um, you know, ideal. When you run into a boss encounter, because the boss – and this is a good thing – because mm-hmm. the bosses are tough uh, and tuned really hard, you might need a specifically like efficacious party to defeat them. Yeah. But you don't always know when you're going to run into a boss or you, you do, but you want to try that boss with your growth party because bosses tend to have big AP – yeah. rewards associated with them except for when they have none which is crazy. <laughs> but like you know tend to like have quite a few right so like hey i'm i've got my party of of two rangers i want to take them into this, this boss fight because i want to get rapid fire sooner mm-hmm. um the uh maybe this boss is so hard that it wipes the floor with your two rangers mm-hmm. so then it is a hey save reload try to configure a party that will beat this boss. Yes. It's like a fun puzzle, but it does run a little bit con- contrary to the, like the, the loop of the game. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, in, a, in a way that's again, minor friction, very minor, mm-hmm. but still a little bit of a friction. I mean, so it brings in trial and error gameplay, right? Because there are some, yeah. there are some encounters where just, it's not surmountable with what you are bringing in because yes. of, you know, immunities because of, you know, elemental, uh, concerns. Uh, different different mm-hmm. things like that. So, like, yes, when you have these options and when you can customize everything, the better part of customization is adaptation 
right? Mm-hmm. Um, but when adaptation has to occur across the boundary of a, of a total party wipe, you know, across yes. a reload, that feels inherently unsatisfying. And it feels like the game is expecting me to look into the future a little bit, Yeah, you know, yeah. or it is like silently criticizing me for not making an optimal choice. It, um, it is explicitly part of the loop to die on the boss reload yes. and reconfigure party. Mm-hmm. Um, a real easy way to get around this would have allowed you to being allowing you to run from battles yes. like boss battles, mm-hmm. like games tend not to do that. And for the life of me, I don't understand why, right? Like it's such an exception Mm-hmm. When a game game allows you to run from a boss battle, like why not let me run and try again? Yeah, put a little you sprite. Know, you, you, like you don't have to make a sprite, make it a little like glow, glowy orb. You know, yeah. doesn't have to be an asset. And then as you go away, and then like as I get to try again, the only difference between that and what you're actually doing is that uh, is the me seeing that title screen, and then me walking from the save point to the boss. Yeah. And if you're designing your game well, that save point is very close to that boss, regardless, especially in a JRPG. Mm-hmm. So you're really not losing anything by letting people run from boss battles. Right. And that would have solved this problem because you'd get into a boss, you'd be like, well, shit, you know, my party of magic harps, like my party <laughs> of, of of classes that don't get good until I put a bunch of time in them, right. totally ill suited for this. Let's run away and try again. Mm-hmm. You know, be great. It'd be like, it'd be a real easy fix yeah. for this in particular, very minor uh, problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, you know, again, is not to say that the boss encounters are not fun. It feels very good. I just, without, you know, w- without catering the design of my party to what the boss is asking for, it felt very just kind of not beyond possibility, but it just, it felt unsatisfying um, to try to get through it. Uh, with a yeah. optimal play. Yeah. Well, and also the, you know, again, the flip side of that is, uh, setting up to an optimal party. You do not care for, to get the AP for. Yes. Yeah. Right. Like it's like, well, I, I can go through, I'm definitely going to get, uh, you know, get this, this huge payday mm-hmm. based on this, but it's gonna be a huge payday that goes into the fucking night. <laughs> and like, yes, mastering the night will give me stat bonuses later if I do the freelancer thing. Mm-hmm. So it's not totally wasted, but it doesn't feel as good as making progress towards your immediate goal. Yeah. Toward, toward your immediate builds. Mm-hmm. So not a huge deal, just a minor frustration. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, the last time we talked about any kind of job system back in 2012, I think. I, I wrote 2013 here, but it was absolutely yeah. 20. Yeah. Yeah. Too long ago. We can start doing Retronaut stuff and just redoing games. <laughs> Tony, if Retronauts can do it, we can do it. They've done six episodes on Metal Gear Solid 1, I think. Oh, yeah. Um, we can, I don't know if that's true, but Jerry Parrish <laughs> does like to write about that game and talk yeah. about it. I feel like we can, we could go back to Final Fantasy Tactics. Yeah. Honestly, we'll just do Tactics Over, but the, um, <laughs> yeah. it's been a long time, is my point. I'm yeah. due for a replay, even if it is just for sport. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you know, another, another difference for that though, you know, um, and something that I walked into this thinking was the case, um, here you just get new classes, um, at certain points in the story, uh, crystal mm-hmm. breaks, and then you, you, you know, you, you, you sweep up a bunch of the pieces and they give you new jobs, um, as opposed to having like a branch, uh, a branch of requirements, right? Yeah. 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 So that, that, what that does is it kind of get rid of some of the jobs relations to each other. Yes. Like that's it's just a cute touch, but it's always something I always liked in uh, Final Fantasy Tactics. Got to train as a thief that. to be a ninja. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like you know, it made sense. Okay. It was like diegetic here. They just kind of pop them on you. Um, and what that means is if you uh, they do them in increasing complexity. Mm-hmm. So the more advanced jobs don't come until the end. Um but that means that, uh, like, let's say you're again, you're going for a certain build, like on replays, mm-hmm. it makes um, spending the time with those first couple of crystals kind of a pain. Yeah. Yeah. Again, a huge deal. Yep. But, this, for me, this game yeah. doesn't really come alive until I get the time, uh, time made. Yeah, yeah. All the, yeah, exactly. Like almost all the classes. Yeah. You know? Um, 
So let's talk about uh, characterization and motivation. Um, and this is, you know, so you've got here in the notes, this is a point from uh, Chris Kohler's book and Chris Kohler, and this is true, is that, um, you know, this game has very weak characterization. Yes. Um, and a very uh, weak plot. And the, the, the prevailing, and he's not the only person I've heard say this, the prevailing attitude towards that is that because these characters couldn't be defined by a career, mm-hmm. um, they had to be paper thin. Right. Um, in the in other Final Fantasy games, you know, Cecil is a dark knight who becomes a paladin. His character arc is his job. Yes. Um, here, where they could be anything, they kind of have to have no personality. Um, I reject that. I, I think that writers can do that. Mm-hmm. I think that that's something writing could just do. Yeah. No one would be confused if somebody – you wouldn't call it a paladin in a dark night. Mm-hmm. You would say like, you know, the blank – you know, the, the dark order and then the, the luminous path or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Like – but you could still do that narratively without having it affect his job. Mm-hmm. Like when, every time I see this point, I feel like I'm the last sane person on earth <laughs> because I, do, I don't I don't think this holds water. Like I think that this is a uh, unfulfilling explanation for poor writing mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. And also, um, like, it, it has the cadence of an excuse saying, yes, like, oh, like, the, like, like um, uh, characterization and story and motivation had to be sacrificed in order to give you in order to give you this, you know, the, the, this system, you know, the, the, these right. mechanics. And again, I, you know, we, we keep on making this comparison, but there is nothing about Ramza Baolv. Who you know that says he cannot be a geomancer? <laughs> with, yeah, yeah. Just like it, does, he, it doesn't, it doesn't play in. He's an incredibly rich character. Yeah, and it's not even just the characterization here that's flat in terms of describing the characters because mm-hmm. it's extremely like crazy flat. Yeah, but also it's in relation to each other. Yes, right. So like when I think about Ramza, I think about Delita, mm-hmm. uh, and that relationship is a through line throughout that entire game that and lends pathos and intrigue mm-hmm. to the entire situation. Um, there's just nothing close to that here. And, you know, the yes, that's a later comparison. Let's compare it to Final Fantasy IV, mm-hmm. which came before that, which had Kane. Yep. Right? Like, there's nothing Dragoon-like about Kane that defines his arc. Yeah. Like, Kane could have done the exact same arc as a black mage or a chemist or anything. Mm-hmm. It was just having a character arc. Yes. Which none of these characters have. No characters change. No characters learn anything. Nothing happens to them. Well, I mean, one of them like, is amnesia, and the other one um, is not the is not the sex that yeah. they appear to be. Yeah, there, there's one person who is uh, there. There's like a moment of intrigue where they're where they're doing ladybugs. Yeah, um, ladybugs was the Rodney Dangerfield. No, that was the one where he just coached. It wasn't the um, the the soccer the the girl soccer player who dressed up as the boy to play boy soccer. No, no. there's one character doing that. Uh, Lena is real rough in this game. Mm-hmm. Like, what what is what is there to say about Lena? Um, <laughs> what if there was know, a daughter? <laughs> what if there was a daughter? Yeah, um, you know, Bart is an idiot. He's kind of a bro. That's yeah. like the extent of his his thing. Um, Galif is kind of fun, mm-hmm. right? Like Galif is kind of funny, and then he gets replaced by somebody who isn't. Yeah. Um, it's <laughs> an alarm went off. Personality alert. Personality alert. Yeah. Like just like this guy seems a little bit fun. Like he's not really doing any you know emotional work, but he seems kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. What if we got rid of him? <laughs> um, it, it is just it's baldly mm-hmm. uh, flat. And again, you know, Final Fantasy four did relationships. Like, there were complicated relationships, like Cecil and Rosa, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, she understood, you know, she was standing by her man, like, during this this time where he was not being necessarily a good person. Yeah. That is not something that has anything to do with jobs. No. Nope. Like, that has nothing to do with their roles. That's characterization. It, this has, is, it has to do with what even, they do. <laughs> it's not, yeah, their actions. Like, it has to do with the story. It's not even writing 101. Like, mm-hmm. this is just what writing is. Yeah. You know, when doing characters and characterization and to say, like, oh, it's actually, like, 
first of all, like it's not a big deal that they didn't do this because of the job thing. But then the the absolutely nuclear brain take I, I've seen is like that it's good that they don't have that because it allows you to concentrate on the jobs. Oh, and I can concentrate I'm on gonna, a bunch of different yeah. stuff. I'm going to need this genre to stop treating me like a fucking idiot. <laughs> yep. Like that is like literally a thing that is going like, you know, in moving forward with this, mm-hmm. because it already does that in terms of like, hey, you need to do the first two dungeons with no verbs yeah, because we need to make sure you can move the character around. Like that's extremely frustrating. Mm-hmm. No other genre does that. Like, yes, you have like a tutorial level uh, in a shooter where they teach you how to duck, mm-hmm. but there's still context for what you're doing. Yeah. You know, and they introduce like mechanics. But then you end up with like Final Fantasy 13 where they're still introducing mechanics like 10 hours in mm-hmm. and stuff. This genre is condescending as hell. Yeah. Uh, and this the idea that, hey, you wouldn't be able to concentrate on the jobs if these were proper characters is ridiculous yeah. it's, on its face. That is baldly ridiculous. It's, it's, it's kind of a laughable conceit. And like I can understand yeah. a person having a preference for like, oh, yeah, like I just I, I just want something light like well, whatever. Yeah. You know, just it, it, as long as this is an excuse to go to different places. Cool. Everybody has everybody has different priorities. It is a marked difference for the series. It's, um, it's not. Yeah. Exa- and the series, you know, the, the popular wisdom is like that there are mechanics focused entries of Final Fantasy games and narrative focused ones. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, that's not that's not true. There's yeah. this one that is the only one that is only mechanical. focused. <laughs> yeah. There's Final Fantasy five and then the rest of the series, because yeah. If you look at something like eight, which I have a lot of problems with the story of eight, but mm-hmm. I, you never say that wasn't narrative focused or that those weren't characters. Yeah. And you would you never know? say that that wasn't, you know, mechanically rich, extremely mechanically yeah. rich, um, took at least a stab mm-hmm. at characterization. Like those characters had relationships and motivations to each other. Like there's a, a, a rivalry, like a, a Draco Malfoy, Harry Potter, read a different book rivalry mm-hmm. in that there's like, uh, you know, people have crushes on their teachers, which is weird. There's uh Renoa who is like this activist. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's like, these characters have like personalities that are irrespective of their, uh, mechanical abilities. And that's mechanically rich as hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, nine is not that much less rich than this is. Yeah. Um, you know, like, so it's not, it's not a dichotomy. It's not a choice. This is the only entry that makes you make a choice. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it stands out like that. Like it is, uh, really, really the outlier in the series. Yeah. Yeah. And like, like some, something of a bummer is I could see somebody looking at, looking at the weak plot of this and saying, I play a final fantasy for the melodrama. I'm here for the soap opera and I'm going to skip over five with its cool mechanics and good boss fights. Uh, just because it does, it's not going to give me what I want. Because it's about a character named X Death who wants to wants, destroy the world. Yeah, wants uh, to destroy the universe. A tree named X Death who wants to kill butts. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, that's, and that's that's literally not just the that's not the beginning of it. Mm-hmm. That's also the end. Of it. <laughs> that's the, that's the extent of it. Yeah. Um. That is that. It's really bothersome to me, and the well, tone is really weird. It's like all over, I think this is supposed to be a comedy entry. Yes. Of the yeah. series, like playing through this one, I'm like, oh, these are supposed to be jokes. Mm-hmm. Like, but it's not very funny. Uh, and which is fine because it's like maybe just, you know, humor is subjective, right? Mm-hmm. Like there, there's, you know, Gallif is kind of fun because he tries to be funny even if there are no jokes. Yeah. You know, that he makes that are, that are good jokes. Like it's kind of fun. But it, it runs contrary because it does kind of dabble its toes in that melodrama, right? Like there are character deaths in this. Yeah. There are scenes that have the approach of a Final Fantasy IV mm-hmm. approach to the melodrama. But that is like the first time I think Final Fantasy got melodrama like totally right. Yes. Like the arcs and pacing of that story is like a children's adventure story mm-hmm. in a good way yes um here it still dabbles in that but what if there were no characters or plot or location or a good antagonist yeah and also every once in a while 
when someone was hanging from a ledge, someone said, hang in there. And someone said, that's a bad pun. And they said it again. And they said, that pun's bad too. And I'm like, what's well, the same fucking pun? <laughs> like, like, You're dead come, weight, come Marty. on, Wolseley. Like, come on, translator. It's <laughs> the same fucking pun. Like the, uh, yeah. So I don't know, man. Yeah. Like it is, uh, it's not actually affecting me very much during this because most of my playthrough is again, like having on cinema in the background and just uh-huh. kind of going through encounters because yeah. most of the game is not that stuff, mm-hmm. but it, it suffers a lot in comparison to four and six, which is like fucking masterpiece class in comparison to that. Like with how the, the cin- the cinematic presentation of six, like the stakes, the characterization, like I can tell you about all those characters in six, yes. like what they're like. I cannot tell you what Lena is about. Right. You know, Lena's about nothing. Yeah. The void. Yeah. And that's the, what XF is trying to return to. Yeah. How, why do you want to return to the void when you just have four of them right here? You guys are on the same side. You know? <laughs> you should all be best you the, Yeah. Like, you guys are all fans of void. You know? Not like, not, pers- describe personality. Non-participant. You know? <laughs> no, personality? No, thanks. Um, yeah, no thanks. You know, and, and this is something I that we're... for me. Yeah. But uh, you know, looking at um, you know just the theme themes of our coverage recently, you know I think I think we get into Jags or we find we we find these common thoroughfares. Um, and one thing here relatively recently that we put voice to is this rejection of uh, you know a transactional approach to design or um, criticism. You know, yeah, it's yeah. um, it, it just it it is a post hoc rationalization to say oh right this couldn't have been this part couldn't have been good because the other part was good yes obviously there's budget that needs to be allocated when you give something to you know to to one part of production it has to be taken from somewhere else um but uh that is not to say that uh you know they they couldn't have made any other choice yeah yep you're not paying for the mechanics with a bad narrative yeah you know don't uh don't don't act like that. Don't treat it like that. Don't make excuses like that. Mm-hmm. Right. Like that is a weird, you know, it comes from a place of defensiveness for something that you like. And it, it's, it's not necessary right. to, to turn that into a trade. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not. Yes. So, yeah. so, you know, it's just a step above, uh, what final fantasy one or final fantasy three had where every character was just a character you could name and their appearance, um, was just, they you know, they basically had no dialogue, um, and their appearance was just uh, you know the job that you would give them, right? Yeah, yeah, yep. Um, there is uh, they have a little bit more than that, as we mentioned. They have kind of a description. Yes. So instead of just being an absolute blank like fighter is, um, princess, uh, amnesiac king, mm-hmm. dude, and pirate, lady yes. pirate, is what we have. So um, the actual plot itself. Um, very simple. The first portion of the game, you are kind of, um, arbitrarily really yep. kind of feeling like you're moving from crystal to crystal and they just break for reasons. Compare that um, to final fantasy four, where the Baron army was on the move and you heard rumors of this new Lieutenant who replaced you named Golbez, right? And, this, you, this, and you saw the airships flying over the horizon toward Fabul. Lord, the opening <laughs> of this compared to four is absolutely <laughs> gobsmacking. This does such, I don't know anything about the world this takes place in. No. Like, there's, there's no sense of, like, it having a sense of politics or things moving. Mm-hmm. Like, 4 is so good at that. Yeah. Like, it's kingdoms. Know, just, and, yeah, like, those, those kingdoms are, you know, just kind of stereotypes, but still good. <laughs> they, have, they have, like, a culture. Like, it feels like there's a culture. And that kind of comes across in uh, music and kind of how they uh, how they speak. The rulers. And things like that. Yeah. The rule. Yeah, exactly. The kings. Um, their environment. Uh, not the case here. Right. You know, this is just arbitrary things happening for no reason. There's <laughs> a little bit, you got to notice like there's an environmentalist streak, which the beginning there is the crystals yes. 
are cracking because the kingdoms are drawing extra power from them. Um, and then that goes away. Yep. Like that's, that's a MacGuffin. So it's you know not actually what's happening. And then it becomes about this, instead of there being like a act five, X, you know, goal, uh, uh Zeromis mm-hmm. situation, X death shows up pretty early yeah. to just be like, I'm an ancient sealed demon from another world. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has nothing to do with the environment really. No. It's just, uh, you know, and yes, he's a tree. So like you can make the, oh, the metaphor is still there, but it was explicit <laughs> early on. Yeah. And then becomes a stretch mm-hmm. afterwards. Um, real quick, just because I don't know where else to put this, right? Like you, you mentioned that um, you're kind of going from crystal to crystal for poorly conveyed reasons. This game does the worst job of any GRPG I can remember of not giving you direction. Oh, it doesn't play where you need to go. <laughs> Ever. No character will say it. Like yeah. that is a big reason you talk to characters in towns, right? Yeah. In these games. Like it's like, oh, they'll be like, hey, try this. Mm-hmm. And that happens maybe a fifth of the time right. in this game. But never does your party be like, okay, we have to go here. It's west. It's northwest. Right. Like 90% of the time, and I am paying attention, like when I'm not watching on cinema, when I'm not doing battles, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 90% of the time, what I would do is I would finish a thing. I'd pull up my map mm-hmm. uh, and then look for the next glowing dot that I can actually get to. Yes. Go to the glowing dot and then the plot would continue. That's important. And I'm on, I'm on the third act and that still is the structure. Yes. Um, um, that crazy. Th- yeah. So, so I mean, it's, it's, it's worth saying that the world map is kind of weirdly a, a, a bigger mechanical part of this and a different means of conveyance. Um, this again is something from, uh, uh, this is also something from the boss fight book. Chris Kohler wrote, but just in, in an interview with Hirodobo Sakaguchi for this one, they really leaned into the idea that the world map is a puzzle. Um, and you go through conveyances like crazy. So like, oh, yeah. I'm going to start out. I'm on a chocobo and it can, it can do this. And it opens up these places. It's a big deal when I get to the, when I get the boat and I can now be on the sea and then I find it's a black chocobo immediately and all that. sinks. Yes. Like, and then you go back to the people who built it and they go, eh. Yeah. Like, so instead they, of just directions, what, what you have is just like, okay, I now can move and I'm supposed to press at the edges until I find some place that was inaccessible to me before. Which, which is. So on and paper is fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, it totally fucks up any sense of like narrative. Yeah. Because like one, you end up with things like the, it being a it being conveyed to you that it's a big deal that you have a ship, and then the ship sinking and no one caring, yeah. which just doesn't feel right. Um, but two, there is a sense of urgency to this game. Mm-hmm. You know, like your characters are meant to be preventing a catastrophe because yeah. it's a video game. Um, the fact that they don't talk about where to go or discuss plans or anything there's like no internalization or anything like that the fact that sakaguchi left that for just the player to kind of guess at Mm -hmm. totally undercuts the narrative like what little narrative there is yeah and just means that i spend a lot of time wandering around getting into encounters uh trying to find these edges so urgency is weird right because people always say all right so the world's ending the meteor's hanging in the sky and i can go spend 100 hours yeah i can go breeding you breed chocobos and um you know, do races and stuff like that. That is one thing where it gives you the critical path and conveys the urgency to you. Um, yeah. The other side of this is with no, <laughs> if there is urgency, nothing is conveyed to you and it is not your choice to dally around. It kind of yeah. doesn't matter if the urgency is real mechanically, as long as the feeling is there again, as you know, a game story, the most basic thing that it needs to do is string together events. The events are not really strung together here. There is no, propulsion from thing to thing yeah 
Yep. I want to, I want to feel like my characters care. Mm -hmm. Even if I'm choosing not to care, Yeah. like I'm going to final, or I'm going to fall out for it. Like go rescue someone else's kid <laughs> during a DLC rather than rescue my own kid. Yeah. I want to feel like my character feels it, mm -hmm. you know, even if I'm choosing to ignore it, that's an acceptable break from reality. Yeah. It, it contributes to these characters just being arbitrary little morons yeah. uh, in this, which contributes to a distancing feeling from the plot, which if this were purely a mechanical game, like an action game, or, you know, if this had, if this was like all a computer simulation or something, mm -hmm. maybe that's fine, but it does want to trade on that drama. Mm -hmm. This game wants me, you know, Sakaguchi very explicitly talks about how he wanted to try to see if he can make players cry, yeah. like in this game. Like I wrote all these dramatic scenes. I wrote Lena poisoning herself to feed the Drake. I read Gol wrote uh, Goloff dying and stuff. I wanted to make players cry. How can anyone cry at one of these things? Yeah. Like when they're they're just they're so blank, mm -hmm. you know. And this is a big factor in how they feel blank and a frustration when you're playing, of just being like, oh god, you know the the chocobo can't fly over mountains. Okay, yeah. okay. like I'll just go down the tunnel that it, it gave me to the next little glowing spot on my map. Also, super minor pet peeve. You find the world map in the, the first world, and it's like kind of a big deal. When you get to the second world, you just have one. There's nothing that happens. <laughs> Wait a minute. There's the, something on the back. <laughs> yeah, and that would be foreshadowing if they said that, yeah. right, or something like that. But it just uh, – yeah, it just you just have it. Yeah. They just like, oh, actually, no, who gives a shit? Let's just, just go. <laughs> we can't – we don't know how to make these characters find the next place without opening up this map. Yeah. Go, go. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Um, just as while we're in other gripes, um, and I swear it's not all gripes, like they're, 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 you know, awesome encounters we're going to yeah. get to when we talk about these jobs, I'm going to come alive. We're going to, you know, we're going to talk yeah. about the jobs as we get them. Too, jobs are going like to be really specific. Like, yeah. 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 We're, we're going to talk about all of them. We're going to talk about them once we get them. Yeah. You know, in our uh, experience with them. And that's but like, again, that's the part of this game that shines. Yes. Um, something that doesn't shine, uh, you know, especially in comparison to its neighbors in the series is the, the music is not great. It feels like the loops yeah. are really, really short. The melodies do not get into you. It doesn't necessarily lend to a high drama or uh, memorable moments that are, mm -hmm. you know, irrevocably, irrevocably linked to the stuff that happens there. Um, and there's one standout track that everybody knows, Battle of the Great Bridge. We're not going to get to it this episode. No, it is. It is a wonderful track, though. Yes. Like that. That is a great track. That's the one that keeps getting remixed and stuff. It became mm -hmm. associated with character. It's worth noting that it's the one that came forward, though. Yes. Whereas, like, if you wanted to, you know, I feel like most people could probably hum or recall uh, or pick out of a lineup mm -hmm. five or six songs from Final Fantasy IV, five mm -hmm. or six songs from Final Fantasy VI, like ten songs from Final Fantasy VII. Like, yeah. this is some of uh, Uematsu's, like, worst work. Yes. Like, it is um, – and – the behind the scenes stuff, like he doesn't think of it that way. He wanted he wanted to redo and enrich this in the face of hearing ActRaiser. Mm -hmm. Like he was just like, oh, I need to up my game. But it's not the production that is bad for this. It's the compositions. Yeah. Like that's just not they're just not very strong pieces of music. Mm -hmm. Um the overworld theme on this compared to four yeah. is stomach churning <laughs> like the overworld theme in the first world of this yeah it's just really really uh bland yeah and then like when you go into a castle it's like royalty theme you know mm -hmm. and it just sounds like someone uh it reminds me a lot of um the mr show uh john philippe Falusa uh sketch oh yeah where the, where the guy is just like you know he's just making up marching band music on the spot <laughs> you know psh, 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 <laughs> like how anyone can just kind of do that and it feels like hey make up a royalty theme yeah you know like the battlefield theme is fine 
but not uh, but, uh, as but, good. But, it, but it is uh almost like just it, it is like a two a two note different remake of other battle themes yeah that, that, that same thing with the done. cave theme the cave yeah. theme is, and the cave of mist have a lot yeah. in common the the the, but, the 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 regular boss music is just a uh it, it is a knockoff of the four fiends fight uh yeah. songs stuff like that yeah. yeah um it feels really phoned in um yeah. and you know who knows is that linked to some of the other shortcomings presentationally thematically you know when no town is as distinct as Mesidia is you know does yeah. it make sense for any of the music to rise to the level of how good the Mesidia town song is yeah i don't know i mean it would but it's also is Mesidia like Mesidia is distinct on its own right but if you yeah. take something like um uh the elf town mm-hmm. in final fantasy 4 i can't the 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 water crystal yeah. right i can't remember the name of the town right now that was extremely distinct mm-hmm. as a town but a lot of that is just the music yeah right so there is an element where those two things can shore each other up like that music is very unique in that game and it gets across that culture they just don't do that yeah in this game there's like i at first um there's like this irish jig like during this time Uematsu was spending a lot of time uh, playing traditional Irish music and only listening to traditional Irish mm-hmm. music. It's like weird flex. Um, <laughs> but there's an Irish jig song that comes in yeah. uh, to a town. And when I first got to it, I was like, oh, that's what this town is. Mm-hmm. Because Final Fantasy has trained me that, to do that. And then I got to another town that had the same soundtrack. Yeah. yeah. And I realized that that first town was another just anonymous Final Fantasy V town that has no traits. Yeah. So it's, it's yeah, it's pretty weak. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also it feels like to me, and I don't know if this is true. It feels like the graphics are a step down from from four to me, and it could just be the uh, character sprites on the screen. Yeah, like looking like, at like Bart seems more simple to me, and maybe it's because of like the clothes he's wearing mm-hmm. or whatever. But like your little character sprites on the screen seem a little bit smaller. No. And again, I don't know if that's actually the case, um, and a little less detailed. Yeah, than they did in four. Yeah, but I think maybe uh, just like well, like weaker designs in general. Yeah. It's just not as strong and they need to design them so they could wear all these outfits. So I get it, mm-hmm. but it just, the, the look of it is a little bit more anonymous and the sound of it is a little bit more anonymous the same way the story is. Yeah. Um, so this game, we, we mentioned the name. This is, uh, the scenario design, uh, was a collaboration between Sakaguchi and, uh, Katase, um, mm-hmm. who is the director of final fantasy adventure, uh, who would go on to do Chrono Trigger and final fantasy seven and others kind of pass the torch. Yeah. And, this, and they would literally pass scenes back and forth to build them out. Right. Um, so Sakaguchi did the melodramatic. Uh, Katase added more humor and action. Yeah. Uh, which things. probably contributed to why this game does not feel very cohesive. Um, yes. You know, when you're collaborating like that, usually there is, uh, you know, it's like working on a bill in Congress. There's a reconciliation period yeah. <laughs> where you go back over it and smooth and make sure stuff is connected. It, that It is not apparent that that happens here. Very kind of exquisite corpse. Yes. Um, uh, Amano. He did the uh, the concept art for this, and Kazuko Shibuya uh, converted them into sprite work, um, as mm-hmm. always. That is notable here because all four characters uh, have to be able have to be drawn, uh, at least their battle sprites, have to be drawn uh, with 22 jobs originally, um, 26 after they added the, uh, the, the Game Boy Advance classes. Um, mm-hmm. So that was pretty difficult, um, and it took about a year to get all of that done. Lots of sprite work. And it is nice that your characters change with their job, right? Like, yep. that's that's a very nice touch. And it would be – I'd miss it if it was gone. Yes. Yeah. Um, and there is a little bit of characterization there. Like Krill, you know, when you when you make her the Beastmaster or whatever and she's wearing cat pajamas. Yeah. Like, that's, very cute. That's fun. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, so some other Square kind of up-and-comers got their start here. Uh, so Nomura, the hated Nomura, <laughs> uh, bug-tested test, bug on four but designed enemies here. Yes. Um, and then Mitsuda uh, designed sound effects 
for it, who would also go on to do like music. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's kind of, kind of neat that like they got their, their start here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, the team, the team uh, is very satisfying for the team. They, they enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, Sakaguchi said it was his favorite Final Fantasy game until nine. Mm-hmm. Um, sold incredibly well. Yeah. Uh, in, you know, in Japan, their first big hit. Yes. Um, there. Yeah. And, uh, and let's talk about different releases though, because this is, uh, for our, for American audience, this is a very different kind of, uh, experience and, uh, release. Yeah. Schedule. No, this was, I mean, this was a basically mythical, um, mm-hmm. you know, what, you know, just people, had, people had heard that this game was in development, that it had come out in Japan and then it just never came to the West initially. Um, mm-hmm. it took seven years. Uh, for this to happen, um, you know, and something similar happened with Final Fantasy two and three, uh, the Famicom, you know, NES ones, uh, those also didn't get a release here. Uh, so people had to, you know, either wait or uh, get a fan translation, which is apparently famously good. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So the uh, one of the reasons why Square didn't release this as like Final Fantasy three here um, is because they thought that uh, this would be too complicated. Yeah. For, for American audiences. Um, and that's why Mystic Quest, one of the reasons why Mystic Quest came out. Yes. As kind of a primer on the genre here. Um, there's It's a very conventional piece of wisdom and developers acted on it that like, you know, Americans were too stupid kind of to, to get the genre. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's why we have Final Fantasy IV easy type. Yeah. And stuff like that. Like that is, that is a, a piece of wisdom I would love to interrogate. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, especially when, it is a, you know, I don't know, like people were playing the barge tale and shit. Yeah. Like, they, like it's not, it's not that it's too complicated. Mm-hmm. Like that is a, a weird kind of condescending attitude towards it. Yeah. And it feels to me, like I've talked about before when I was younger, I used to think I was smarter because I was playing ga- like role-playing games as opposed to action games mm-hmm. and how uh, horseshit that is. <laughs> the, um, this is slower, so it's better. Eh? Yeah, this, this involves reading and not dumb reflexes, whereas <laughs> in fact, like it is... It's Dragon Quest, like the, yeah. the patience, you mm-hmm. know, you, anyone can beat it. Like you just put in the time. It's not smarter. Like the genre has become less for me as I've gotten older. Mm-hmm. But the idea that it's smarter, it's surprising to me, uh, one, like that, that, that uh, misconception that I was under as a kid yeah. um, was shared by like developers and, and localizers and people choosing whether to put something out and that it's still repeated by people today. Like yeah. as a thing, like, oh, yeah, the American audiences couldn't handle this. Like they couldn't handle Final Fantasy Four, where each character had one unique ability. Are <laughs> you are kidding you talking me? About? How could they handle that? And it's like, well, you know, Kira, I don't know. Kira, Kiraga, like one, yeah, two, three, please. <laughs> yeah, like there's, it's not the audiences were not too dumb for it. They maybe just were not interested in it. Yeah. So you know, the, the, so, so like when Seven came along and made the big breakthrough, right? Like Seven was this huge breakthrough. It's not that. Do I mean? I wonder if those same people, if they think that audiences suddenly got smarter. Or if they think that seven with its like masterful presentation mm-hmm. was just enough to get people into it. I, I have no idea. You know? I think, I think that maybe they, 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 they were leaning on that, you know, obviously yeah. with the marketing, they knew they had something with those, with those cutscenes and th- you know, th- 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 things of that nature, you know, so the, the, like the decision seems informed by the fact that, you know, when dragon quest came over here, um, nobody bought it. So Nintendo basically had to give it away. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, the original final fantasy, it wasn't necessarily great shakes and sales when it first came out, despite huge marketing pushes or whatever. But it's important to note that even on console, you know, um, they were putting out Ultima games, uh, wizardry, yeah. there were versions of wizard wizardry, 
um, that were available on um, NES as well. You know, maybe it's the contrarian in me, but like if they if they had leaned into the complexity, it might have been more interesting for people, you know, who were devoted to that kind of cruncher to those kinds of games. Yeah. Like that's what that's what I think too. Like you could have gotten some. You know, consoles were cheaper than PCs. Mm-hmm. You know, at the time, like I can imagine. Uh, a PC gamer at the time who is playing Ultima four, mm-hmm. uh, not on console, seeing a complicated game come over on console and having that be a reason to buy it. Yeah. I think the assumption that people were too dumb is a little bit condescending. Yeah. Right. Like not like I'm not a national, you know, far for me to sound like nationalist about this, right? Like it's yeah, not about yeah. a pride in the nation. It's just kind of like <laughs> an irritating move. Yeah. You know, like, Oh, this didn't sell well. People are too dumb for it. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like you're overselling the complication of this. Yes. And you are underselling the appetite for complication that mm-hmm. come that is just inherent in people. Yeah. You know, it is not a, uh, a nation based thing yeah you know there are like as i get older right like and i i'm like man it'd be cool if persona games were in 120 fucking hours i recognize that there are lifestyle differences that make that a thing right so like i understand that uh portable jrpgs that take a million hours are very appealing to a japanese audience specifically partly because of like subway rides yeah like everyone's got their nose in the new persona everyone's got their nose in the new dragon quest when one of those comes out i get that Mm -hmm. you know and that's not we don't have as much of a commuter culture uh, here like nationally right. right like there are cities where that's true i get that there are differences like that but i just rem- like accepted as wisdom for a lot of my life mm-hmm. most of my life i thought about video games that's like oh yeah we got mystic quest because we're fucking idiots yeah we weren't it's, ready for it <laughs> yeah and i didn't like mystic quest and i was just like why do what's going on like that dissonance i didn't really understand mm-hmm. and and the actual answer is i'm not a fucking idiot and like I would have been fine with the hard type Final Fantasy four. I would have been good with any of this. I would have ate up Final Fantasy five. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just maybe these are niche games because it's kind of a niche genre. Yeah. And just because it is this huge hit with this kind of like different culture and stuff, it doesn't have to be that, oh, these people are too it's too complicated. Yeah. All they can understand is their arcade and their sports games. Like mm-hmm. there's something to that that's a little bit hinky to me. Yeah. You know? I don't know. I don't. I don't. It's. Uh, I don't like it when any when anybody says that somebody is dumb because of where they were born. Yeah. Yeah. Or or just like because of what they what their tastes are. Yeah. I, uh... You know, like especially once like actually looking at the 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 games involved, like having played Final Fantasy IV hard type, mm-hmm. you know, and just being like, well, this is not actually very complicated. Like, yeah. you know, I don't know. Uh, it's interesting. So that's what that's the big reason why this didn't come over. Yes. Like, and then by the time that they could have made it happen. The ship had kind of sailed. Mm-hmm. Um, they were going to send it over as a, a kind of a spinoff game called Final Fantasy Extreme. Mm-hmm. Um, there is that fan translation we meant. There was going to be a PC port. Yes. Um, that's where the uh, translation came for the PlayStation version. Right. Um, which is not the fan translation. The fan translation uh, is apparently very good. I've not played a fan version of this. Mm-hmm. Um, so this game kind of rose up with emulators. The first time we officially got it uh, was 1999 which they just took that uh, PC game translation, which is not good. Right. Yeah. Uh, very incomplete. Uh, the like the the enemy names are all truncated and stuff like that. Um, it's just not a good localization. Um, yep. And that was also not helped. So this is how I first played it. Um, and, you know, the like those PS1 compilations, Final Fantasy Anthology and Final Fantasy Chronicle, um, are a little bit infamous, uh, a great deal infamous, actually, uh, because of how technically unsound they are as well. Um, famously, they're, uh, you know, all of them have lo- uh, loading times when you go to the menu. 
Um, And the reason for that is they are being emulated on the system. um, And the PlayStation, for what I understand, the PlayStation one um, can only hold so much in its memory. Um, And so it would, it was holding a a running copy of the emulator in the memory. um, And when it had to load something else, it dumped it, um, went and loaded the content and then loaded the emulator back up again. Yeah. <laughs> so like Which is... it was it, it was kind of doing this um like a uh the 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 chick the chicken corn fox on a boat puzzle yeah. but yeah. with yeah. but with video game ones and ones and zeros. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it they are horrible. That's the first yeah. way I played it as well. Um and uh yeah, those those uh, versions are really bad even though I played through all of them. Mm-hmm. Oh, I yeah. played through 4 again on those. I played through Chrono Trigger on those. I played through Final Fantasy 1 and most of 2. That's how I played like the- that that was the that was the way that I played Final Fantasy 5, 6 and Chrono Trigger. Yeah. Like that like those that was my first exposure to those because by the time I got interested, all of those were very very costly on uh, yeah. on SNES. Um, the version that we both played, um, and uh, what I consider to be the definitive version, if not just for the portability, mm-hmm. um, is the GBA version. Um, I love those GBA ports of four, five, and six. Yep. Um, even though they have sound issues, they're still my favorite way to play those games. The shortcomings um, that people bring up, um, accepting the encounter rate are all things that I don't care about necessarily or don't bother yeah. me. Um, and it, it would take an awful lot to override the benefit of the portability for me. Is I couldn't find any. Did you find information? Is the encounter rate higher in the GBA, or is this just what the encounter rate is? Common, I mean, is it, that, that that is the commonly accepted knowledge. I have no idea if it's true. Because this, it doesn't uh, feel that different than my memories of the uh, the PS One version to me. Yeah. It feels like basically the same encounter rate. I don't know if that's true, but it feels basically the same. Yeah. Um, the version we're doing has extra content, extra jobs. I'm not going to do the bonus dungeons, yeah. uh, the bonus bosses in this probably. Mm-hmm. Um, just to be fair. Or just to be to warn you, you know, to let you know, yeah. um, maybe I'll get a wild bug and I'll try it, but I'm not going to, I don't think I'm going to grind up a good team for it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, we'll, we'll still talk about them just kind of in, in broad strokes. I've done them. Like um, I did them back. Um, <laughs> final fantasy five is like really heavily associated with my one terrible year in college in computer science. Mm. Uh, to, to, to the point where I was so over, I was so over it and I knew I was transferring, so it didn't really matter. So me being a dick sitting in the back of a chemistry class, just playing this instead of paying attention to the, <laughs> to the lecture. <laughs> um, the, uh, yeah. And the, the new jobs we will talk about. Yeah. yeah. Uh, cause those are interesting. Um, also just as a real quick thing, I went and, uh, so I was, I ran through this streak of GBAs. Yeah. It was kind of a bummer. My old classic GBA, uh, you know, which Nintendo hardware is obviously legendarily sturdy. Yeah. Um, fucked up like the uh off button the give on the off button like the little you know you have to push a little resistance to turn it off yeah fucked up so now it just turns off if you brush it <laughs> uh so that's no good so my original gba uh advanced sp uh-huh. you know is is fucked up i bought a new one online and then didn't i was like okay well this will be there for when i play final fantasy 5 uh-huh. um waited a while and uh the buttons are really sticky Ugh um not sticky like you know full of cum but like sticky <laughs> like they click like they click unsatisfyingly okay because they've got some schmutz in there and i was like well i could take this apart uh and then i decided to finally uh take this opportunity to get myself a gba micro something uh-huh. i've always wanted uh and i love it nice so just throwing that out there is I, I love that little guy yeah like it's very easy to take with me it's made this game very easy to just like play some counters on buses uh things like that and i i love that little piece of hardware oh it's what's well, the best screen i think that yeah. like, like outside of the switch it's the best screen that uh that nintendo's put uh, out it's like super tiny, mm-hmm. but it is, uh, it does look really good. Yeah. 
Um, and it has a headphone jack, which the you know SP doesn't have. Correct. Um, so it's nice for buses in case yeah. I happen to be on a big bridge uh, <laughs> um, at the time. <laughs> I in Big Bridge City, yeah. Portland, Oregon. I had a I had a similar problem. So my, my my Game Boy Advance SP went to fire it up and it wouldn't turn on. I was like, okay, well, it probably needs probably needs charge. I went to charge it and I got like five minutes of play out of it. Like, uh, oh. I, so I had to order a new battery. So what is this, the Game Gear? <laughs> like. It was yeah. like it was like a ten dollar fix, uh, which is yeah. nice. And you know, my Game Boy, my my GBSP, my light blue GBSP has a has has a new lease on life. So that's great. Yeah. yeah, I haven't gotten rid of either of my old GBAs because they're they have sentimental value, obviously. Yes. But the guy who plays drums in my band, uh, he loves retro games. He has mm-hmm. a huge basement full of NES games. I need to come go look at it at some point. <laughs> but he's uh, he's got a couple of kids, and my plan is to give them to his kids. Oh, yeah. Uh, so he can he can get them into the stuff. Nice. Uh, apparently, they love watching him play uh, the new Dragon Quest. Like he just sits down and just plays it, and they just go just sit there and stare. That's fun. <laughs> While he just kind of sits there and stare, and it it sounds pretty like great father and son, mm-hmm. father and sons. Um, this was also released on phone. Yeah. Um, there's a mobile version of it uh, that, like all the almost all the Square mobile ports, looks like absolute you know hot hot ass. Yeah. Like hot hot butthole. Like it is uh, just an ugly. Mm-hmm. Game. everything is too smooth um the big thing with those and this is a petty complaint complaint is the fonts mm-hmm. the fonts drive me nuts in those things yeah Ugh, it's an ugly font it's no good the characters yeah. uh, they, they look like um kind of knockoff korean mmo assets yes um yeah. too smooth uh, like a bunch of real dolls yeah. running around not uh not great give me just give me chunky sprites i think that yep. like those have a universal appeal uh says old yep. man who has never interrogated his nostalgia um, <laughs> yeah i think it's a fairly common i yeah. don't think very many people are going to bat for the graphics of those like i've heard people who like those versions just because it's the game right yeah, yeah. so you probably run into a little bit of like me playing deus ex on ps2 mm-hmm. like it's still good mm-hmm. it's you know it's deus ex like at the end of the day it's still deus ex it's, it's just airborne. not the best version of deus ex yeah you know? no no uh, that's the one you get on steam as well uh, yes there's a uh, jeremy parish did a good uh, a good article uh, if you just do like how to play final fantasy 5 jeremy parish he gave like a good rundown of the of the different versions apparently mm-hmm. like his suggested canonical version is to get a uh, get a patched super famicom rom but mm-hmm. the uh the game boy advance version is a-okay and just fine yeah i like the extra jobs yep um you know i i'm not you know i don't get them and i also i portability is extremely important to me to this genre. Yes. Right. Like if I can't play this in bed, I'm probably not going to play it. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, so there's, there's a direct sequel to this in uh, the adaptation to K. I've been dreading my entire life. <laughs> um, the 1994 anime final fantasy legend of the crystals um, reading about the plot of that <laughs> uh, for the first time for this. Um, I knew that it was not considered good. Yeah. I had no idea how horny it is. Um, um, at the, one point, the crystal, like one of the crystals migrates up the main character's butthole. Yes. And then there's all these scenes of the character staring at her glowing ass because anime. Yep. Um, it's a horny genre, especially for young girls. Mm-hmm. And this uh, anime is no exception. Yeah. No, um, I just uh, I, I also went and just kind of like read some summaries because I was considering like, hey, does it make sense to do that for Adaptation Decay? You know, it's like, like yeah. am I going to push for it? Because I remember watching it when I was little, too little to understand the horniness. You didn't know what a butt was. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I was butt blind. No, no yeah, nobody had showed yeah. me. I, all butts look the same to me. Butt <laughs> um, no, no. But I was looking. I was like, and just I, I got to the, I got to the phrase uh, like plot significant panty shot, and I was like, yeah. do we want to do? Do we want to no, do that? I, we haven't I think discussed we can it. Skip that. Yeah, like okay. it would be like yes, it would be kind of a fun slaughter. Yes, but what would happen is at some point uh, we would make a generalization. Would get, 
yeah, I would make some generalization. Someone would get very mad at me mm-hmm. or mad at us, right? And no, then, they like, get mad at you. They don't get mad at me. I don't know what it is. So <laughs> Netflix, you, you say you say mean things too about stuff. <laughs> um, but they would get they would get uh, mad at me about something, and then you know it would just be like I'd get added. It would just be a minor. It'd be throwing a little friction grenade into the future. Yeah. For to watch a movie I don't want to watch, <laughs> and uh, it wouldn't be even like I don't know how many jokes we'd make. I think it'd be a lot of incredulous like. I mean, how do you even make a joke about, uh, you know, like the power of the crystal goes into her butt? Mm-hmm. Like that's already kind of a joke, but you're not meant – it's not meant to be a joke. Like I'm sure there are people out there who like that thing. Mm-hmm. Like it's supposed to be serious. You it's know, it's, it's also, not generally well regarded either. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah I, I understand this is not like everyone's excited because Final Fantasy Legend of the Crystals is coming to Netflix with a new translation. Like <laughs> I understand it's not that, right? Yeah, yeah. But it's uh, – yeah. It's also when I say direct – uh, sequel it like 200 is years in the future 200 years in the future with almost all entirely new characters and stuff mm-hmm. it's that weird like you know it's like a direct sequel the way that vagrant story is a direct sequel to final fantasy tactics or yeah. way final fantasy 12 is a sequel to final fantasy, Ta- final fantasy tactics which is to say mm-hmm. not there are some words in common yeah but the tone characters everything is different yeah you know except for except for that it's technically the same mm-hmm. you now, know that much li- like the main character is probably technically of age even though <laughs> she's extremely young if you look at her stat card i'm sure she's 19 and she looks 14 because yeah. that's what happens yeah you know technicality the best kind of right you know <laughs> although like uh, you know I, I do i do associate that with like a positive memory because you know going to blockbuster and i just like venturing away from the snes section and like you know just going back like oh there's like a there's a whole there's a whole rack of cartoons <gasps> Final Fantasy, yeah. yeah, you know, just you know, be, being a uh, be, be, being probably eight, nine years old, and being like, oh my god, I made I made the discovery of a lifetime. There's a Final Fantasy movie. How, how on earth are there four Final Fantasy videos, and it's this, the Spirits Within, Advent Children, and like Rise of the King Baby or whatever the Final Fantasy fifteen oh, one King's is. King, King, yeah. King King's Cliff. How is that true? <laughs> like for how how is there not another final fantasy anime mm-hmm. that we could do that would actually just adapt the fucking thing yeah because I would, I would be down for that like i would love to like i would do a final fantasy cartoon yeah you know for the thing if it wasn't about panties yes like get these fucking panties off my eyes it's a bit of a bit of a deal breaker um yeah. it's it is it is not the particular avenue or flavor of anime that i uh, want to go in for, un, you know, understand all the caveats, you know, yep. genre, you know, it's a, it's a medium, not a genre, et cetera, yes. down the line. Just the, like that, that is, that is a series of tropes that is never, ever going to work for me and actively turns me off. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I do not want to see a panty one. Yeah. Uh, unless it is, uh, you know, somebody who, who looks of age and is somebody, uh, it is non gratuitous. Yeah. 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 Plot significant panty points. Fuck me. <laughs> Get the panty <laughs> shots. No, thank you. I'm good. Yeah. Not a, uh, it, 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 it is cursed, not blessed. So let's go ahead and get started um, with the main body of the game. Again, we are going up through World 1. Uh, so when they hop through the portal, that is where this is going to cut off. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. So uh, this starts with um, there's like an attract mode when you start the game. 
talks about the crystals power the elements of the world. Uh, and everyone is noticing the wind is dying down. Yes. Um, so, and we get this opening cutscene where the king of tycoon, uh, which is, I love the idea of king tycoon, uh, king tycoon, the, <laughs> the video game that's like where you just train kings, <laughs> you sell and buy kings. <laughs> yeah. Tycoon, 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 tycoon. Yeah. Tycoon. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the king of tycoon, uh, is getting ready to mount his dragon, uh, when his daughter, Lena, uh, asks why he's leaving. Um, he says he needs to, he says he needs to discover why the wind has stopped by going to the wind shrine. Yes. And elsewhere, we have this pirate captain named Ferris. Notice that the wind has changed. And also a man named Gallif is in a cave and he steps onto a glowing panel, mm-hmm. um, which sets up this causation uh, that uh, should be apparent. Like the montage is really clunky. When yeah. he steps on the panel, the crystal shatters. Yeah, yeah. There's a load bearing panel. Yeah. <laughs> of, of some kind. Um, and then we see this crystal shatter mm-hmm. as uh, the king of tycoon, tycoon, tycoon uh, approaches it. Yeah. And then we're introduced to Bartz, um, famously known as Butts. Yes. In the uh, the Final Fantasy IV version. Butsu. Yes. Butsu. I prefer Bartz just because it doesn't, you know. It's fine. I don't know. But it doesn't sound, doesn't sound as silly. Like, I don't particularly like, I don't think Bartz is a great name. Yeah, yeah. You know, but if I imagine a world without Simpsons, it might just sound like a, you know, a, a percussive consonant yeah, yeah. bomb. It just, it, yeah, it just, uh, it, um... It avoids the juvenile laugh of a character named Butts. Then again, it was yeah. fine. It, it didn't necessarily hamper my enjoyment of uh, of uh, of it when I played the original translation with Butts. Yeah, with yeah. Butts. Well, whatever. Um, yeah. Butts is a wanderer, you know. Yeah. Uh, and he's got his buddy, his chocobo Boko, who is apparently very important to him until he has to abandon him outside of a cave. The, the one thing you know, I will. I'm going to point out when this game does humor well. Yes. Right, because I, I think in generally it doesn't. This isn't until next episode, but the reunion with Boko uh-huh. in World Three, I think, is laugh out loud funny. Okay. Uh, and it's the only part I think is is laugh out loud funny mm-hmm. in the game so far. But it is uh, genuinely like very funny to me. And I don't know how much of it's intentional. We'll get to it. I think it's very funny here. Yeah. It is. You know, I was kind of. I thought it'd be kind of neat to like have a Final Fantasy protagonist that had like a steed. Mm-hmm. Like I've done Final Fantasy Tactic uh, run-throughs where I keep a chocobo, mm-hmm. like the one you rescue. Um, I've kept him and just been like, "This is my horse." No, yeah. you know, I'm a knight. This is cool. Um, not that's not what happens here. We leave him very soon. Yes. Um, yeah. This meteor falls at a nearby mountain pass, and he goes to go investigate. When he gets there, uh, Lena's there. She's on or Lena. She's unconscious, um, and some goblins are approaching her. I'm going to go back and forth between Lena and Lena. Mm-hmm. Um, for some reason, I always read it as Lena. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's L- what Lena. That is. Lena's a name. Yeah, and yeah. Lena Lena isn't, so I apologize. The the and anonymous quality of these characters cannot be overstated, mm-hmm. and it even applies to this kind of thing. Yes. So like, uh, and this is the most anonymous of the five. Yeah, uh, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and also, uh, you know, after uh, Bart saves Lena, uh, they find an unconscious old man uh, who knows nothing yep. about himself aside from the fact that he is named Galif. Yes. Uh, so, uh, Galif over here is that Lena is going to the wind shrine. He says, well, we have to go. I'm going to go with you. Mm-hmm. Um, Bart's like, you know, is going to be like, well, I'm going to go do whatever the hell I'm doing trapped in this mountain range. That I can't get out of. <laughs> um, but, uh, Boko insists that he goes. Yes. Boko is a hero. Yep. But Bo- yeah. Bo- Bo- Boko saves the world, saves the worlds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we've got our three characters together and we are in the portion of the game where we're wander, wandering around having random encounters, but nobody has jobs. So we are not working toward anything. Um, and nope. all you can do is tap a, tap a, tap a, attack a, attack a, so attack a, Yeah. This is so boring. Um, yeah. 
you, you, you pass through this cave uh, to get there. That is, again, just teaching you about job item and run. Yeah. Or not job, uh, attack item and run. Mm-hmm. Um, that's by this water line. When you step out, we see the ship moving across the water, which is crazy because there's no wind. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is something where I feel like if this were Final Fantasy four, like the fact that the wind hasn't been coming would be more remarked upon. Yes. Like, oh, this would cripple the economy. It's like there's not mm-hmm. shipping and stuff like that. This doesn't feel like that kind of world. No. no. Um, so we go back into the cave uh, and deep inside we find this pirate hideout. Yeah. With, uh, you know, skull and crossbones flags up, they really lean into the aesthetic. Um, very much so in the ps1 version where the, it does it in the dialogue a lot oh yeah like uh, like like ferris it is hilarious like later on when ferris has like yar I mean, you, you yeah. salty <laughs> bastards yeah <it's, laughs> like you're a princess stop yeah. it <laughs> like, like you, you've been hit on the head <laughs> um, like, we're, we're gonna go put you in palliative care um the uh so you, you try to steal the ship uh but captain ferris stops you right um at this point presenting uh and assumed to be a man yes um, and Lena, uh, reveals saying like, okay, well don't like kill us or anything. Um, I'm the princess of tycoon. We know this from seeing the beginning of the, of the game. It's a shock to everybody else. Yes. And she basically yep. says like, Hey, you know, can we use your vessel for the good of the kingdom? We need to figure out what's going on. Why there's no wind. Yeah. This is a big deal. Yeah. Um, and, uh, ordinarily you think, you know, Ferris might say no, but she notices, uh, Lena's pendant or Lena's pendant mm-hmm. um, and uh, says, okay, everyone go into the brig. And then you, she reveals in kind of cutscene, she has a matching pendant. So yes. there's a connection between these two characters. Um, next moment or next morning, uh, she agrees to take everybody to the wind shrine. And this is how we learn how the ship is moving um, because it's on the back of a like water dragon named uh, Sildra. Yes. Who carries it. Yeah. Um, so that like that, that, that is why this can move. Uh, you know, so we stop by this small town tool, I think it is T U L E. It's, it's anonymous. This is kind of yep. funny cause you, you get off and this is the only time where they really factor in the fact that you're ro- roaming with a pirate band. Like you get yeah. out and Ferris leads, leads her men, um, out to carouse and they take over, they take over the inn, uh, the inn bar. Right. Which, which is clearly a nod to Final Fantasy one. Yes. Right. Like there, there's a lot of different Final Fantasy one parallels. Yes. To this um which uh again you know you you chose jobs in that as well mm-hmm. uh you know you chose them at the beginning going to the first town having being overtaken by pirates um you know i think they even re- they, they call them the warriors of light yes the uh gallus old crew so like it is there's final fantasy one ties here but just as a reminder final fantasy one has a crazy time loop plot mm-hmm. it's uh it is not as simple as it seems like narrative wise like yes there's very little narrative but what's there is kind of neat mm-hmm. uh yeah um, so you go Krause and uh, Bartz and Gallif, uh walk in on her while she's sleeping and emerge with these hearts over their heads. Yes. Uh, this is the, you know, the first piece of foreshadowing that Ferris is actually a lady mm-hmm. um, or that these uh, these guys are into dudes. Yeah. Um, either or depending on what age you're coming at this from and how much you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So common common trope, um, both the uh, the the, the cross dressing uh, woman who you know wants to fit in, you know, to, to exercise mm-hmm. any kind of power. Um, and the people who, uh, you know, are unaware of that and are attracted to them anyway. There, there is a missed opportunity with that where we don't, uh, so like when that happens and I'm not expecting this to go deep in this game, right? Right. Right. When that happens, there's, uh, usually at least a little bit of attention paid to a patriarchy, right? Or Mm -hmm. like there are a reason why she couldn't just make it as a lady. Yeah. 
you know, and that kind of doesn't happen in this game. No, like no. I think she might say that she chose, like she chose to to pose as a man for that reason. Yeah, like but she nobody, says, like you know, oh, it would, it would just make living on a ship full of pirates easier. Yeah, yeah. but no, nobody says like even her her crew is not particularly shocked. Like nobody in the world, like this does not seem like a particularly sexist world. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, largely because it didn't seem like any particular. <laughs> oh, kind of yeah, world, there's right? there's yeah. no real there's no ideology it seem like a world. Yeah. yeah. And we're we're not to that point yet. There's not uh, there's not feelings, <laughs> right? Um, there's, there's no no there's, biases, no feelings. Yeah, nothing. there needs to be a world first before there's any kind of power dynamic. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we're we're still we're still at the the uh, the first stage of spore <laughs> uh, when it comes to narrative design. So. Yeah. No. yeah so uh the next day we can gather together and sail over to the wind shrine the king's attendants are in, are, are, are in a panic you know the crystal is broken uh that's why there's no wind and the shrine is full of monsters and king tycoon has not come back yeah uh so we go through this other basic this other dungeon mm-hmm. uh, extremely basic we don't have any jobs or abilities yet um as a, this happens in most dungeons in this game but i just want to mention it yeah um i think the dungeon design in this game is really rotten yeah um it's not good in the genre in general i think and the reason why is because uh it's either um you're presented with a t intersection mm-hmm. uh at the you can't see the end of either intersection uh or the end of either path one ends in a treasure one ends in the way forward and, and you just have to guess yep. and hope you get the treasure first <laughs> yes uh that, that, that has not is... been improved upon for the entirety of the genre. No. Uh, ever since the very beginning. Mm. This is kind of what happens, yeah, right? So. Um, that sucks. The other kind of uh, dungeon there is, is you're solving a puzzle while random encounters happen. Mm-hmm. Um, this game does both. Like, there are, like, uh, some conveyor belt puzzles, some elevator puzzles that come later. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, these make random encounters maddening um, through this. Like, it is uh, bonkers bad. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I... Yeah. You know, it's it's very weird. It is it is uh, very clear that the dungeons are just here to put empty space for you to move through in order to have random encounters. So yep. you so you can level up for the bosses, even though you're not leveling up your jobs yet. Yeah. Uh, which what if there was like a narrative conceit that like once the crystals were awakened, it awakened like monsters or something, mm-hmm. you know, so I don't know, like or the jobs came back and that like, I mean, I just feel like there could have been a way to make this not as boring as it is. Yeah. Um, When you get to the top, uh, we're attacked by a boss, a, uh, a wing raptor. Mm-hmm. Um, and he can hit everybody, but he doesn't have any tricks. It's not the traditional Final Fantasy. Don't attack while he's in his shell. Right. Uh, that's, that's attack while the tail's up. Yeah. Yeah. That comes later. Yeah. yeah. So you get to the top and you find, okay, the wind crystal is shattered. Um, and this starts a cutscene. The other existing crystals call out and confer their elemental power onto the characters. This has nothing to do um with their abilities or anything it is like barts you know you get the power of wind and the rambunctiousness that comes with it lena you have you have water etc uh mm-hmm. that doesn't really mean anything that just means that they can get um they can get jobs from the crystal shards yeah yep um and uh so king tycoon appears here he appears on the pedestal explaining that you guys are now the warriors of light you must fight an awakening evil and then zip zaps away. Yes. Um, and then the shards kind of creepy encroach on us. <laughs> they move like Golbez's hand. <laughs> they move exactly like Golbez. That's exactly it. Actually, that's, that's very good. Yeah. And then they, uh, they slowly just kind of shoot into you and then it says like spirit of a warrior and then tells you the job you get. Mm-hmm. And we get our uh, first set of jobs, which we should talk about. We ought to. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so uh, these are going to be, you know, like, like we said, the, you get the basic ones first and the more complicated ones come later. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, but you know, we've got a couple of different kinds of casters and a couple of different kinds of, um, kind of melee, uh, classes mm -hmm. with one yeah. utility thrown in there as well. Yeah. I would, I would say there's two utilities here. Like one of them is a caster, but I call it a utility one. Oh yeah. Basically. So that's correct. Yeah. So it's kind of two and two and two. Mm -hmm. Um, the fighting classes we get this time are knight and monk. Um, mm -hmm. and they are basically uh, defense or dps yes. at this point um the knight can equip heavier armor um he can cover his comrades when they are in critical status mm -hmm. um uh, at that point and yeah. can eventually learn to uh, wield a weapon with two hands to do more damage mm -hmm. um knights are pretty useful uh most of the kind of bummer about them you know they're useful to have equipped mm -hmm. the kind of bummer as far as things you might go for is that most of their abilities are like equip shield yeah. Equip armor, which can shore up another enemy or another class, mm -hmm. but it's not that exciting. No, no. It's kind of like, okay, my, my caster can equip a shield now. Cool, yeah. I guess. It is not a it is not a new thing to do. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't feel like it opens up an awful lot. Um uh, monks are really good. I like monks yeah, quite monks a bit. Are much more exciting, yeah. Yeah. Um just they, they they feel a little bit like a like a crutch class, but I'm oh, yeah. perfectly fine using them in the beginning. Uh just because they have the barehanded ability. Um, and they get two attacks. Uh, so yeah. that means if it, even if they miss one, you still have a chance to do half damage, yeah. uh, which is nice. And barehanded is really good um, as an adjunct skill to put on if you are um, trading up a caster. Uh, so yeah. they can have something else to do besides spending MP to cast something or guarding. Sure. Until yeah. until some kind of later abilities that shore that up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Monks are very good. They get some utility abilities later that mm – -hmm. um, I just frankly am never going to equip because I'm going to equip other stuff. I'm not going to do chakra. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Again, and this is that that difference between this and tactics. Whereas tactics, where the entire monk caboodle is one menu command, it's awesome having chakra. Yeah. It's awesome having these things. Here, it's like I'm not going to. I'm never going to put that on another class. Like mm -hmm. the the complexity of this game is not overstated because it is very complex. Mm -hmm. The uh, and it's possible to beat the game with any combination. I'm sure it's possible to beat the game easily with every character having chakra as their side ability. Yeah. But that's just for added challenge. It's not very like efficacious. You know, there are, there are a lot of abilities that don't are not fun and also not very powerful, very yeah. potent. It's uh, it's, it's, it's worth saying, cause I forgot to put this in the generalities. This is a really popular game for challenge runs. You know, famously oh, yeah. there's the four job challenge that goes on every summer. Uh, a lot of people fiesta. are, uh, yeah, four job fiesta. Sorry. Yeah. Um, that is an event that, uh, that a lot of people in our community actually, uh, participate in. And it's fun to yeah. read stories about it. I've never had the gumption to try it. The, uh, reading about it is interesting because it sounds like, sounds like the kind of thing I might want to do because I like challenge runs and I like breaking these kind of games, but it makes me wish that there was a tactics one mm -hmm. just because the gameplay would be better. Like yeah. my, when I've read a lot about, uh, Forge of Fiesta, it's neat how they think around the problems. Mm -hmm. So like the way that Forge of Fiesta works is for each crystal, you get assigned a job. Yeah. And that's the only one you, those are the only ones you can use. So you get through the game with four jobs. Mm -hmm. Um, and they're random. So you might get something kind of crappy. Uh, so it makes these, uh, ordinary parts of the game feel like bottlenecks and bottlenecks seem like near impossible. Mm -hmm. Um, the frustrating thing to me is like the thought that goes into getting past those bottlenecks is very interesting. The action tends to be a lot of like grinding up money to buy uh, rods you can break, um, or like buy your way out of problems mm -hmm. or kind of like grind your way out of problems. Yeah. Uh, which I just don't want to do. Like, it's an interesting thought, but the, it feels like all these problems have been kind of solved. Yeah. To me. So I'm, I'm not taking that away from anybody who enjoys doing it. Mm -hmm. And it obviously raises money for a good cause. Like it's a neat thing. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't seem fun to me just because of, you know, everything like when you're 
you know, when you're playing a JRPG, every nail looks like a grind, you know, or mm-hmm. something like that. Like it just, yeah, I just had to get a bunch of money to buy a bunch of rods and get through this. Yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah, monks at the highest levels, uh, you, um, a can unlock counter, which is a really good passive. Counter's ability. Great. Yeah. Yeah. I, I put counter on almost all my, my fighters. Yeah. Um, additionally, uh, it's, it's highest level, uh, unlocks are bonuses to HP, which actually, which actually does get useful. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the freelancer class. So monks are good. Mm-hmm. Um, blue mages in the past I have trucked with, mm-hmm. um, this game, this playthrough, I'm not really trucking with. They get really um, powerful spells, but th- the task of getting them is kind of, it, it is onerous. Yeah, I think, I think so. And th- they're the key to unlocking quick grinding. Yeah. Right. So like even just going through the, the little bit of, you know, a little bit of work to give all your guys level five death will mm-hmm. pay off in terms of training. Yeah. Right. Um, but I'm, I'm dedicated to, I, I want to play with this game. You know, what this game is like without spending a bunch of time in Gallif's basement, yeah. fighting statues, right? Like I want to see, play the game as intended. I don't want to necessarily like grind myself into being OP. Yeah. And this, but blue mages are the key for that. You get mm-hmm. a wide variety of abilities. Yeah. Like they're neat. It just takes a lot of investment. Yeah. Um, really powerful stuff. I think, uh, you get mighty guard, you get white mm-hmm. wind, you get, uh, aqua, aqua lung, um, yep. all those good things. The classic Strigo's Strigo's greatest hits. <laughs> um, the, uh, the thief is a little bit of an odd one. Uh, the thief, uh, obviously, so it's a dex fighter. So not very strong. Um, not particularly like hardy, very quick, um, has some kind of weird utility abilities, mm-hmm. uh, almost all of which I think should be innate and you should be able to assign as one thing. Yes. Um, the times where I feel like there might be a secret passage, I don't know where it's at and having to go in the menu to a, you know, equip the support ability mm-hmm. to find passages drives me nuts. Yeah. Um, you know, you should just be able to, I don't know, do that easier. I think, yeah. um, in the original version, uh, being able to sprint mm-hmm. is tied to this. Yes. And now you can sprint and you can sprint even faster with the thief. Yeah. But used to even just running was an ability you had to equip. Think about that for a moment. Not everybody. Good. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a, that's a real rough one. <laughs> Um, and then you can steal, which is their principal thing. And this game has a really weird relationship with stealing. Mm-hmm. Um, there are things that are worth stealing. Everyone has a rare and a common steal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you want that rare steal, you're using a guide or whatever, just be prepared to do a lot of, a lot of fights Yeah, because it's hard to get, uh, even once you get the thief club, they're still hard to get. Yeah. And there are bosses that have unique things you can steal. So there's a lot of like, oops, I got the common thing. Reload. Time to restart. Yeah. Uh, and I'm just, I'm never not going to be bothered with that. Like I, somebody told me recently that I'm going to die someday. <laughs> so I, I'm not, not going to do that. Um, That's a funny but, joke. I like that. Uh, it's, it's, I, I stole it from somewhere, but I don't know where. Oh. I, I apologize. I just want to give credit to the universe because it's okay. not mine. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're, they're a weird class that I did not spend very long with. Mm-hmm um yeah um and it doesn't have you know so like they feel similar like thieves in final fantasy tactics also feel like a way like a way station like you know you're never going to have somebody just be a thief here you don't have the incentive to kind of like load this guy up and truck through it and even though in like tactics at the very least you get steel heart yeah yeah. that was really useful and you can steal unique gear earlier and more often Mm -hmm. i think yeah um, and then you have black mages and white mages, which can be talked about kind of in the same breath. You know, we understand black mages are offensive, white mages are um, healing and defensive. Um, they mm-hmm. deal they deal with buffs. Uh, some white mage stuff and some black mage stuff has been offloaded onto time mages, which we're going to get later. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're going to want to, I mean, like a good early game strategy for these is to unlock, you know, level one or level two. 
and then use that as um uh you know use that as an ability for a different class uh to augment mm -hmm. them give you a little bit more uh elemental firing power basically yep um yeah i i made the mistake of leaving characters in this for too long and just kind of like training way past what i could buy yep <laughs> level level five black mage. yeah cool like very early yeah it's, it's probably not useful at all and i yeah. just you know stopped paying attention for a minute because i was paying attention to my other classes like yeah. when you're just uh when you only have the, these first set of classes like mm -hmm. you know what else am i going to make them you know i'm this is my dedicated caster you know eventually yeah uh so i don't there's no real reason for them to be a knight at this point i'm not min maxing the the freelancer Mm -hmm. You know, so who did you do you have like archetypes for the characters? Because I definitely have like kind of a a way that I tend to do it. It's really funny. I don't know where this comes from, but like the ones that I end up choosing, it, I mean, it's it's down to just like standard standard archetypes. So like Bart is my melee fighter. Uh, Lena is my caster healer. Um, and Galif, I end up making like a blue mage um, or like like, you know, the weird utility ones um, mm -hmm. like eventually it becomes a, ge a geomancer. Um, mm -hmm. and then Ferris is usually my hybrid. And when I look at playthroughs or I look at screenshots, that's what everybody does. So I don't know. I don't know from once that came, from once that comes aside from just, you know, general archetype laziness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Ferris, like being a pirate makes sense for a thief to me. Yeah. And then like in my initially, like it's like I basically the same lineup as, as you, but with Gallif, I kind of do a little bit of everything yeah. um, because I know Gallif's going to switch. Yes. You know, and I want what I ultimately want for Gallif is to be a fighter with a supportability that can heal, mm -hmm. you know, eventually. Um, and then in this time, though, I ended up uh, Ferris starting as the thief. And then eventually now I've got Ferris and Bartz uh, on the same track mm -hmm. uh, and they both have a rapid fire dual wield. Mm hmm. Um, which is just awesome. That's what eight attacks, uh, four powerful. attacks. Yeah, it's eight attacks. Um, so very strong. Yeah, you know, and it's like I'm pretty close to getting Gallif there too. I might try to do a playthrough that is three of those and mm. a healer, oh, yeah. a healer summoner, mm -hmm. and just ignore offensive magic. Yeah, um, that does like I lose time magic, and time magic is extremely good. Yeah. Um, Ferris is is trained in time magic, but I, I love that. Uh, yeah. All those eight attacks. <laughs> Can't you know? give it up. Yeah, it's it's very hard to give it up for the golden grasp. Um <laughs> the uh so the next job we have to get the next uh, set of jobs is the the water crystal, which is nearby and in danger. Mm -hmm. Uh I think somebody might say it. Nobody says where you're supposed to go. Again, you're no, just looking at no. them. You're just like, uh this way. <laughs> uh and it just like, works. oh we we've got a boat now and there's a there's a wall that we can't yep. that we can't get by. So yeah, yeah, let's just let's just go. Let's let's just go and talk to people, I guess. I don't I don't know. <laughs> yep. Yep, yep. Um so we're we're sailing, we go to in Tool, the town elder uh won't give us this key to the canal gate that mm -hmm. would get us to Waltz. Um and at night there's a little cutscene, Bart's get up and recalls his dad, who also fought to protect the crystals. Mm -hmm. And the elder overhears him, kinda of eavesdrops, and then gives him the key. Right, right. Um really weirdly he doesn't tell his companions this. Nope, like, it's just a surprise. Yeah, when you get to the thing and go out the key, everyone's like, holy shit. It's like, well, why Why did you guys agree to sail there? You guys thought you were sailing to a locked door? Are you simple? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, well, no. Um, just, I figured we just wander. Like, that's what we do. We're the wandering Yeah, that's crew, what we do, right? right? We just kind of kind of wander into adventure, right? <laughs> like, what, what kind of idiots are going to stumble backwards into <laughs> the intrigue in the world of Final Fantasy V? Yeah. Um, uh, but you open the gate, and this gets you, um, uh, like, a little boat dungeon that you go. Very little. Yeah. Uh, something yeah. about sailing in this game that is a real bummer is that there are random encounters. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, which there was in Final Fantasy One. 
again, but for like widely or wisely eschewed that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, being on a vehicle should, uh, that should be enough. That should be enough yeah. to avoid it. Uh, but you go through and a whirlpool starts in the middle of this. Yep. Uh, and we have a boss fight as we are dragged into it. Uh, Carlabos is what yeah. this is called. Carla boss. Car- Car- Carl, Carl, Carl Abos. Yeah. Carla uh, boss, the co-founder of Fulbright. <laughs> um, yeah, who is a, a, like kind of a scorpion crab. Yeah. The founder of Fulbright's a scorpion crab. Yeah. You oh. heard it here first folks. <laughs> <laughs> YouTube thumbnail. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, there's nothing really special. Again, uh, the bosses are really doing the slow rollout. Yeah. Um, but uh, this boss can inflict paralysis on us. Mm. Um, and it makes sense that they're doing slow rollout with status effects and stuff because we're very limited in our ability to combat. Right. Status effects. So, mm-hmm. yeah. um, we get beyond this uh, whirlpool, but uh, Sildra is dragged under uh, rip mm. and we are set adrift. <laughs> yes. Temporary rip. The, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, you know, with no propulsion. Uh, we are just kind of floating around until we end up in the ship graveyard, the place where the tides take all marooned vessels uh, that is full of pirate zombies and stuff. And in my mind, this is the coolest dungeon in this game as far, like at least disc one or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Like this has character. Yep. This is a neat idea. Like all the ships uh, end up stuck here. Mm-hmm. It creates this kind of dungeon and all the crew are dead mm-hmm. and stuff. This is cool. Yeah, uh, um, you do the uh, you, you hop from boulder to boulder. Like the pathway is a little bit a little bit obscured that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh. um, you have to pass through uh, some water. Uh, you can just go. You can just breathe underwater. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the party needs to change clothes. And this is where people, uh, by deciding to to spy on Ferris, to check. Well, they they, they they rip her clothes off. They're like, she's like, yeah, no, I'll, yeah. be, I'll be fine. And like, no, you're well, gonna you're get right. pneumonia. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. The, what are you, a virgin, Claire? You're a virgin. Like, they're pressuring her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. It's pretty fucked up. And yeah. they know, too, which makes it even more fucked up. Do, do they? Uh, well, Gallif and uh, uh, I mean, they, do, they, 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 just, start... they, they just got strange singles from looking at a dude in bed. They, 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 I, they... I, don't, I don't know what's implied. I feel like ha- their uh, propensity for tearing off the clothes is motivated by Hornt. Maybe, uh, maybe, maybe it was unexplored Hornt because the, uh, because like it's treated as a reveal. And this is where she yeah. says like, yeah, I, you know, I had to cross dress. I had to pretend to be a man, um, uh, in order to, in order to live as a pirate. So yeah. like, the, this is definitely a reveal, even if they, even if they, you know, maybe knew in their heart of hearts. Yeah. They're kind of, they're kind of shocked. It's hard to kind of say, you know. Exactly what? Because I took the the you know if they both came out the heart thing and they were just attracted to a guy mm-hmm. like that's pretty progressive yeah. uh, for this. Even though they are going to just be like, actually, it's a woman, so it's okay. Which is <laughs> you know, who knows? They, I'm sure that there have been essays written on the gender politics of this game. Yeah, uh, because yeah. there is a, a prominent cross dressing character, and I've seen people cite this character as like a good example. Mm-hmm. You know of uh, of that. Um, it's very hard for me to give this game credit for any characterization. Like it's... it feels like now the characterization is over for Ferris. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we're what an hour and a half into the game. Like, you know, yes, uh, she doesn't fit into court life. That's her other trait. Uh, cause she's a pirate. Yeah. Um, but we're kind of done with Ferris. Like Ferris yeah. is kind of solved now. Yeah. Uh, we find out her sister, but that's it. Mm-hmm. So, so, uh, that's it for her. Yeah. <laughs> Mov- yep. Moving on. Um, so beyond this, we can get to a cove and, yep. uh, just kind of some fog rolls in and everybody, uh, sees visions of one of their loved ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so uh, Lena and Ferris, they see King Tycoon. Um, uh, Bart's, he sees his mom, Stella. 
Um, mm-hmm. And uh, Gallup. There's he's, a Stella joke. Yeah. Here. It, 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 there, it there, doesn't. There's a streetcar named Desire joke. Here. But, it, but it is done at like a moment of high drama. Like, yeah. <laughs> It's very, very weird. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Gallif, he sees through this because the person that uh, this evil force shows him, he doesn't recognize them because he's amnesiac. It's just yeah. this, you know, little blonde girl. Um, and so he snaps everybody else out of it. And we uh, it's revealed to be a siren's trap. Yep. Uh, you're in a demon's cove. It's a siren's trap. <laughs> uh, and they, we fight our boss, a siren, uh, who is kind of teaching us a little bit about living in undead states. Mm hmm. Um, and doing more status, but status we can deal with. So she yeah. poisoned your party. We can deal with poison. Yeah. Um, and switches between living and undead. Undead, obviously, uh, heal mm-hmm. from uh, from or uh, get harmed by healing spells mm-hmm. and get healed by drain, weirdly enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, after we uh, beat Siren and get through, we're in the North Mountain, um, kind of looking around for, for a town. And uh, there's no, like, apparent way to get to Walls. Yeah. The earthquake is blocked with footpaths. And, you know, obviously nobody can sail without any wind. Uh, yeah. But when you walk into a house, you hear about a wind drake sighting. Yeah. 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 Up at uh, uh, the, the North Mountain. Yep. Where the special grass grows. And Lena has a family drake. She's like, oh, there's wind drake. Yeah. I know that. It's my yeah. wind drake. It might, it might be Fido or whatever his name is. Yep. Yep. Uh, so they go up the mountain again, anonymous Final Fantasy dungeon. Um, and at halfway up, you're attacked by these poison arrows um, because there's this poacher named Magisa. Uh, who's responsible, who I really thought was going to be more of a thing. She's given a lot of characterization. I, I mean, yeah, watch, watch word. Yeah. Like she, yeah, like she, yeah. you know, she's like a, she's a bandit and she's like, aha, I've taken, I've, I've taken the, 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 the princess hostage, et cetera. Um, they make it seem like she's going to be a character at the very least. Uh, but no, just a boss fight. You kill her. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's very weird. Yeah. Uh, um, and, yeah. and there's a, like, there's a lot of lead up to like part of the walkway collapses and Ferris, you know, jumps across, falls down, comes up, throws a grappling hook across, makes a bridge. Like it's, it's like bizarrely choreographed. Yeah. Um, insofar as there is any choreography at all. Mm-hmm. Um, the Magisophyte is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, because it is an example of something that happens in a cutscene carrying over into the game. Lena begins the fight poisoned. Yeah. Um, so you can choose to deal with that if you would like to. Um, and Magissa is just kind of a standard hybrid fight. She does some casting, etc. About halfway through, uh, she summons her strong friend, Forza, and casts re- mm-hmm. uh, regeneration on him. Yeah. She's a Forza friend. Yeah. She's a good friend. <laughs> um, if you're going to have a friend over, cast regen on him. Yeah. Throw him a regen. Like, give him a little bucket of regen to, like, grab one out of there. Like, a, <laughs> then some fun-sized Reese's cups. Yeah. At the same time, and just let him have to go to town. Mm-hmm. Be a good friend. Like yeah. Magisa. Um, something I want to say about the, in general, about the bosses in this game that I think is cool mm-hmm. uh, and good is that uh, they tend to be susceptible to status effects. Yes. Um, slow is really key to winning a lot of these boss fights. Mm-hmm. Um, not to take something that is good and turn it around. I think it's more just, it's, it's one of the things I was thinking about with this. Uh, and I thought about this with Final Fantasy X. I don't remember if I say it, said it. Um, if your bosses are not going to be susceptible to status effects, don't even put status effects in your game. Yep. Because in a JRPG, there's no reason to poison a random encounter. Mm-hmm. You may as well just kill them. Yeah. If you can, they're all pretty easy for that. There are a couple of exceptions, but 99% of them, you just murder them, right? Yeah. You'd rather just be doing straight damage. Um, status effects should be for bosses. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it is like an industry, you know, a, a genre standard, like 75% of bosses in JRPGs are immune to status effects mm-hmm. is just gobsmacking. Yeah. Like, like they don't have to be vulnerable to instant death. 
right? Yeah. But like, I should be able to silence a caster to get an advantage, right? Maybe it doesn't last very long. Maybe if they're resist, if they're resistant to it, it lasts for three turns instead of five, something yeah. like that. Um, yep. you know, let me poison people. Let me, uh, do, do, do all of these things. Uh, yeah, because let me counteract the- their, their advantages because yeah. they are breaking the rules. Mm-hmm. They have advantages. They can act more frequently than I can, you know, do things like that. Um, and counteracting those is strategy. Mm-hmm. Like that's what that's, that's video games. Yeah. Right. Like that's you playing a video game is you strategizing to get past this problem. Yeah. Uh, when you can't do that, when it is just this kind of DPS race, um, you know, because you can't do anything other than just do damage. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not very exciting. Like it's not a very interesting way to design a boss fight. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, and they, they do a little bit with like elemental weaknesses in most games that make them immune to status effects. But mm-hmm. status effects should be part of that thing, too. Like, yeah. you know, don't need to let me stop every boss, but let me slow them. Mm hmm. You know, um, and there are there are definitely exceptions that I just think this game is noteworthy because most of the bosses are susceptible to something. Yes. And a lot of the bosses actually in this game are susceptible to instant death mm-hmm. attacks or practically instant death attacks, which is pretty neat. Yeah. Um, the only problem is you have to engage with uh, blue, blue magic, magic for most of them, which yeah. I don't want to do, nope. um, which is, you know, kind of on me. Right. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'll take that. Yeah. Um, after you uh, you beat uh, Magissa and the strong friend, um, you get to the top of the mountain. And there are these flowers that look like dragon grass, but they're poisonous. Right. Um, um, and, yeah. when, when you walk over them, it actually poisons your entire party, which is a real bummer because you have to cast, you know, poisona yeah. or inventory you know, tax. Yeah. Inventory yeah. tax. So you avoid them. Uh, but this works into the cutscene you're about to get to because at the top, the Windrake, he is wounded. Um, he cannot get to uh, the healing grass. So Lena decides to take one for the team and she dramatically crawls through this poison foliage in order to get what the Windrake needs. Yeah. This is played for pathos. This is, you know, something that Hironobu Sakaguchi is very proud of having put in. Mm-hmm. It's fine. I'm generally good for somebody sacrificing themselves for their animal. Um, but yeah. 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 It, it just, it's in the bounding box of these characters, right? Yes. Like, it's which is the bummer. Like, this is a, would be a good scene. Like, I could be sad about this if they care like if uh Rydia did this for one of her summons mm-hmm. right because Rydia is a character like a really richly developed character that like i got to know yeah. lena kind of isn't and like i can understand the straw man who's like this is her character development she cares a lot about animals mm-hmm. but we we have we don't know anything about her at this like, we haven't gotten to know her at all yeah like she's not even she's barely like a platform to put character traits upon apparently um they put out um like you know something that they used to do for these big expensive games in japan was put out basically strategy guides ahead of time like um uh, advanced books almost that you could get for the equivalent of five dollars and open it up and it would have you know information about the game and it would also give you like information about the characters um there are attributes from that book that are uh, you know that, that apparently are you know, intentional by, uh, by, by square. We're like, Oh yeah, we'll, we'll put the characterization in this book, put it in the game. Yeah. I shouldn't have to buy a new book. I shouldn't have to yeah. buy or translate a book to, uh, to enjoy these characters. Well, and I, and I also get, you know, again, before anybody says it, like, I understand that localization requires cutting a lot of content. Yeah. Right. Um, reading summaries and stuff about this, I don't feel like in the non-translated version, it, this char- these characters are appreciably deep yeah by standards of the series right mm-hmm. like um yes they might be a little bit deeper with some more words but it's like it's not just the words that are being said it's like the scenes mm-hmm. like we're not getting a lot of these characters talking to each other the fact that they don't stop and kind of plan where they're going to go next and strategize mm-hmm. you know and talk about the threat that faces them is the problem yeah that makes something like this which is like can be it could be a dramatic act 
Mm-hmm. Like I get it. Um, but it's not, it did, did not tug my heartstrings. Right. Cannot imagine like feeling something about this. Yeah. Honestly. Um, even if I could feel but, emotions. Exactly. Even for the few emotions I have left, like anger, spite, um, frustration, tired, like Dismay. the emotions that I yeah. have, yeah, hungry, <laughs> like the, the things that I have left, even those I would not get from this. Like, yes, I wanted to eat a little bit of dragon grass after this, yeah. but that was more cur- the emotion of curiosity. It yeah, wasn't, yeah. you know, any kind of heartbreak. Well, will it give me dragon powers if I, if I, yeah. if I take off some skin and then eat some dragon grass while I grow scales there? Stuff like yeah. that. Just basic yeah, questions. Experiment. Yeah. Ba- basic, basic self vivisection, yes. you know? Um, so this, uh, this gives you access to the wind drake, which again, seems pretty cool. Cause it's like, mm-hmm. shit, I got a, a flying I'm, thing. I'm flying soon. on a dragon. Neat. Yeah. It's going to last for like no time. <laughs> like the pace at which you move through vehicles. And this is so silly. Um, and, and also counteracts, you know, man, final fantasy one, you get that float stone. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. You yeah. know, this game just kind of decides to make vehicles not feel empowering, yeah. which is a really weird choice. Cause that's such a hallmark of the series. Mm-hmm. Um, so we can fly. We can't fly over mountains. So we're still kind of stuck in a hallway. Yeah. And this allows us to go to Castle Tycoon if we go if we return. Um, and we get this little nighttime scene. This is just for character development. Yeah. Uh, where Lena l- learns that Ferris is her long lost sister. Sarissa. Sarissa. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but instead, we're going to Walls. Yeah. Uh, so you can go in. Uh, you explore the town. You can go into the castle. Uh, if you go to the prison, uh, you can talk to the guard. You can talk to the prisoners. Um, you know, something that's been done before in the series. Uh, one of them is named Lone Wolf, uh, who, uh, asks you to let him out. It's not a good mm-hmm. idea to let him out because he will go and steal, he will go and empty treasure chests. Yeah. So yeah. even though I would very much like to stick it to the carceral state and let all these folks out, um, mm-hmm. you know, maybe leave Lone Wolf in cause he's going to take, yeah. he's going to take your loot. Abolish walls. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, so, uh, the King of Walls, uh, is a real dummy. Yeah. And he's like, I'm not going to stop amplifying the water crystal. Our <laughs> citizens love water. It's a, it's, it's, it's an electric year. It's, 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 it's an good. election year. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> if we press this button, the water gets electrolytes. <laughs> like, have, you, have you had this ionized water shit? <laughs> like I bought this stuff from Whole Foods. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, but however, uh, the conversation is cut short because another meteor arrives. Right. Near a nearby Walls Tower. Mm-hmm. Um, and we go to the tower, uh, which is a dungeon. Yeah. Um, just basic dungeon. Yep. Small floors, lots of floors. Uh, there are like vines you can climb up to get to inaccessible, uh, otherwise inaccessible treasure chests and things. Um, but yeah, no, uh, no real twists so far. Uh, trust me when there is a noteworthy dungeon, we're going to talk about it. One comes later where it's actually pretty difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But when you get to the crystal chamber, uh, there's this knight who is talking to a beast that has been possessed. Apparently this is uh, the guardian beast for this, uh, for this crystal Garula. Uh, Garula has gone feral and um, he attacks the knight and then attacks us. Think, think about how much like has not been laid out that you just kind of have to infer from this. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, there are guardian beasts. Yeah. Like, like there, are, like it in, when you're playing the game, it doesn't feel like that. It right. just feels like there's an arbitrary, like, Oh no, it's Garula. Yeah. You know, you know, you know, Garula. Yeah, you know Gorilla. All the kids are always talking about Gorilla. <laughs> like, okay, so some of the towers have guardian beasts. Like, yeah. if the last tower had one, you know, it'd be like, okay, this is establishing a world building. Was that the Wind Raptor or whatever it was? It wasn't. It wasn't called they a guardian. It was just a monster. Talked about it. Was it. Just it's just a, it's a boss you fight. And like yeah. the idea that each each one has a beast would be something to establish, mm-hmm. right? Like, if you were interested in establishing a world of this game, yeah, um, tis not. Um, so Gorilla only attacks with physical attacks. Uh, bummer that we do not have Golem yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll do uh, double counters. Yeah. 
when you attack or roll off. So kind of tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so you want to load up as casters. That is yep. generally the way to go for this one. Yep. Uh, so you can, you know, you can power through or you can die and then go back to the save thing and learn from your mistake. Right. Yeah. Um, the most exciting thing, though, is the water crystal shatters, um, <laughs> even though the narrative does not want me to want it, this to happen. I desperately want it to happen. Yes. Um, and uh, there's a knight here who recognizes you, uh, or recognizes Golov, calling him Lord Golov, mm-hmm. um, but dies before he can help Golov with his uh, amnesia. Right. Um, yeah. So these shards give us our next set of jobs, and these are just a little bit more um, specialized. Yep, a little bit more advanced. Yeah. Um, is this the one where you can't get one of them? Uh, no, is it's the fire, the fire uh, crystal. Yeah, the next one. Or, next well, one has the mime. Uh, no, it's, I think it is this one. Fuck. Yeah, there's this one, one like five. up on a ledge. Yeah. Yeah, this one, there's one that we're, and that's, uh, can drive you crazy. Mm-hmm. You're going to come back. Yes. Um, or you kind of come back. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, these jobs are good. Uh, the, the, yep. there are a lot of high cards here. Uh, time mage specifically, um, incredibly mm-hmm. useful. Um, yep. not just for haste and slow, but for things like reflect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And high damage spells as well. Yeah. You know, later, like meteor and comet, things like that. Um, yeah. Time mages are really good. I mean, even just for like haste and slow, right? Like mm-hmm. haste out damages attack spells like 90% of the time. Yeah. And something that's very, uh, what I ended up finding to be a very key strategy in this replay is hasting my healer. Mm-hmm. Like having my healer get roughly twice as many, you know, turns. Um, yeah. Uh, as I ordinarily have was absolutely essential. Oh, it's a huge, a huge leg up. Yeah. Big, big leg up. Um, so time ages, very cool. Um, really, like, really great utility. Uh, Berserkers, um, mm-hmm. less cool. I, the, I like Berserkers. I generally put somebody as Berserker uh, for, for a boss fight. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's, uh, Berserkers. There's, they're so powerful. <laughs> yeah, they, they do a lot of, uh, as long as you don't equip an axe. Yeah. The axe drives me nuts because it misses most of the time. But mm-hmm. the, um, so what Berserkers do is you cannot control them. Um, they just attack, but they attack powerfully. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that's what they do. Um, they are popular to master because you get a big stat bump mm-hmm. to your freelancer class and they only take 500, uh, like 510 AP or something like that. Yeah. Not very many, uh, comparatively, mm-hmm. uh, still behind. Um, and then, uh, they are in the five job fiesta are, uh, hell. Yeah. <laughs> like there's all these mechanics and sub mechanics about re-rolling. If you get a berserker, mm-hmm. um, somebody finally beat the game with all berserkers. That was a, a major breakthrough in the, the four job fiesta. Hmm. Uh, kind of thing. Um, but obviously it's very hard because you cannot heal. You cannot do anything other than, you know, yeah. other than attack. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I just, I, I generally, uh, I will get berserk and I'll put that on a character who I know is just going to be tapa tapping any, anyway. Yeah. 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 And it, it is good once you start getting some stuff with it, like it's only fight that they do. So it won't work with uh, rapid fire, mm-hmm. uh, but it will work with two handed or dual wield. Yeah. Uh, which is great. Yeah. Um, red mages. Red mages are um, a trap. <laughs> yeah, red red mages are a trap. Uh, just like they were in Final Fantasy One. It, it right? sucks because I like the idea of them so much. Like I, I, I love the you know down to just the design of them. I've got yeah. um I've got a magnet like a perler magnet of the Final Fantasy One red mage. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not even just a fan of it because of eight bit theater or whatever. He's annoying yeah. in eight bit theater. Uh, just like everything in eight bit theater is kind of annoying. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. Uh, so the idea is that you get both red and, or you, you get both, uh, black and white magic, but you can only get, um, up to level three spells. Yes. Um, and there is something, so that's the, the idea. They can also use better weapons and armor. Yep. 
than the meat classes. So they're kind of all-rounders is the idea. Mm-hmm. Um, the big thing is their ultimate ability, which takes 999 AP, mm-hmm. is double cast, right. which allows you to cast two spells at once, which, uh, you know, is obviously very potent. Mm-hmm. Um, there's kind of – when you get these guys, the kind of strategy is decide if you're going to do double cast. Right. If you want to do double cast, use them while they're useful. Yeah. Like until you get level three or level four magic, they're pretty good. Yep. You know, you can set up a, a time mage as the support ability and then a red mage as the main class mm-hmm. and have your casting covered. Yeah. Like it's actually really good. But if you're not going to go for that, that uh, double cast, don't worry about it. Yeah. Because uh, they're just they're just a trap and they suck. Yeah. It's very um, much a magic arp kind of thing. Yes. If Gary um, does broke the game. The, I did some some red mage time on this playthrough because uh, one because I didn't have anything else I needed mm-hmm. at the time for my caster like they were already up to level like three or four on all the casting classes yeah uh, and then also because uh, there is an enemy in the last dungeon which gives you an absolutely apeshit amount of AP because mm-hmm. the game wanted you to be able to try a bunch of different strategies and the boss yeah. and I was like well if I don't get red mage by then I'll just do it you know if I don't get it sooner than that I'll just get it then yeah. And then my caster is going to need double cast because that caster in this current playthrough is going to be my only caster yeah. is the idea. So having uh, white magic and time magic or white magic summon mm-hmm. um, and then having double cast is how I'm going to keep my party alive is the plan. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Um, summoners are great um, and they're very, very powerful. Um, they have spells that uh, attack everyone without a reduction in damage. Mm-hmm. So ordinarily, you target the entire enemy forest, you do half damage. Yeah. Uh, summoners do not, and they're more powerful. The catch is, other than the first summons you start with, you have to actually find and fight Yes. Um, a summon. So it's like a less obnoxious blue mage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, because you get cool boss fights, as opposed to you know hoping that somebody procs an attack before you before they yeah, die. Or that you have to get a fucking beastmaster and like Bull. make them do the attack, which is like, kill me. Um <laughs> The uh, and there's a lot of good utility here. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't imagine playing the game without the ability to do golem. Yep, golem is just so AP, and that's also true in Final Fantasy Tactics. Yeah, like I love golem. Um, and uh, yeah, mm-hmm. just very you know very strong casting class. Yep, good utility. Uh, it, it is easy to think that they are just uh, more expensive casters, you know, mm-hmm. more expensive black mages. Um, but yeah, there there is that utility kind of built into it. I like better black mages. Yeah, like I can't really imagine using a black mage over a summoner. Right. In this game, like I don't think black magic is actually that useful mm-hmm. in this game after the beginning of the game. Yeah. You get a really good so. boost to um, a really good boost to magic power, too, if you master it. Although the uh, the the power that you get for mastering, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. it only comes a 500. So it's not terrible. Um, yeah. But um, you just get call, which yeah. does a random summon, which uh, nah, not really. It's not it's not it's a, if you by the time you get it, um, AP or MP is not a problem. Yeah. Like it would be actually be a really good. Low level one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, low level like uh utility skill for a mage. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's not it doesn't come at low levels. No. Um and the last one, I like this class quite a bit, Mystic Knight. Yeah. Uh spell sword. Uh, yep. These are the guys that are again for breaking the game. This is the key thing. Mm-hmm. It's the final part. If I can't just break the game with my physical attacks with my plan, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna give these guys Mystic Knight. Uh, these allow you to charge your sword with a spell. Yeah. And then uh your attacks all have that element of that spell attached to them. Um, so pretty neat. Um, it takes a little bit of time to set up. Yeah. You know, um, but Temper it is a turn uh, to do it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, you waste the turn to get more powerful later. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, it is, it is a good way to like, uh, supplement a knight is what it is, what I found, uh, when mm-hmm. I, when I did that, mm-hmm. you know, just cause a lot of bosses, they have a prominent elemental weakness. 
and they're yeah. also really quick. They're like one of the, uh, I think they're the second uh, fastest class in the game. Yeah. Something like that. I think they only lag behind the ninja in terms of, uh, in terms of initiative. Yeah. And it makes a lot of sense just because it is, uh, you know, they need to be quick because they're going to burn that turn. Yes. Yeah. No. Nope. Um, so good, good set. Yeah. Um, once you gather the shards, uh, the pencil, uh, the tower is on, starts to sink in the ocean. And oh, Sildra re- rescues us. <laughs> hey, uh, she's back for good. She's back. Are we gonna These vehicles have, just come and go? <laughs> are we gonna have a boat now? No dramatic scene where she dies. Yeah. Don't worry yeah. though. We're gonna we're gonna get her as a as a summon later. Yep. Uh, she she throws you on the beach before she dies. Uh, we can go back to the castle, and we do actually get a rare hint of where to go because another yeah. meteor has struck near the town of Karnak. Yeah. Um. So uh, to get there, we cannot fly because there's mountains. Uh, which is obnoxious. Mm-hmm. So you have to use a teleporter that's in the meteor. Yeah, and, you just have uh, to do that by accident. There's really no reason to go into it. Nope. Or to yeah, expect no, that it's open. Nope. Yeah, there's nothing to it. Yeah. Like you might remember that Galif came through a little teleporter, but that teleported you through worlds. No. The idea that the the meteors teleport to each other is just an arbitrary construction that came out of nowhere. Right. Um. Dumb. I. Uh, so you you get out. Um. There. Uh. And you head over to Karnak. Uh. Karnak has a final. Like the only thing that differentiates Karnak is everything's a little bit on fire. Yep. <laughs> They're just the, fires that funny. nobody seems to be worried about. I heard you guys liked fire. It's really hard to choose how you're going to die. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you know how they added electrolytes to the water and walls? <laughs> we just make everything burning all the time. Yep. There's no such thing as electrolytes for fire, unfortunately. We can't make <laughs> well, better How do you fire. think fireworks work? Come on. Electrolytes? Yeah. Could be. You know, yeah. put some potassium in there, make it glow mm-hmm. uh, red. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I yeah. think that's what you add. I think if you burn yeah. potassium, it goes red. Uh, but uh, but yeah, everything just a little bit on fire. Uh, this just blocks some shops and some stuff in the in the castle. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you go and uh, stop into a shop, you're arrested. Somebody accuses you of being in league with this werewolf that they saw crawl out of the meteor yeah. that we so, just crawled out of. And like, hold up, right? <laughs> Wait a minute. Like, when this, yeah, like a league with a werewolf. <laughs> like, what what world are you building in this game? <laughs> Okay, there are werewolves as well. Okay. Okay, yeah. Uh, you know, and we go to the world of the werewolves. Mm-hmm. Does that explain it? Does that make it make any more sense for there being werewolves? No. <laughs> no. Do they ever turn into a human? No. Is, is, like, it, are, is, is there, it just a demi-human? Yeah. Is there, these are gnolls, you know. These, yeah. there's, there's no there's no werewolf-like qualities at all. It is yeah. extremely silly. Yeah. Like, I remember the first time I saw this, I was like, wait, I'm in league with a werewolf? What? what? <laughs> okay. Like, I don't know. The Dracula crystal keeps spraying blood. Like, what do we do? <laughs> You know, oh my know. god, it, the Dracula crystal. Uh, yeah. I like the idea of the Dracula crystal. It's mm. like a season of Decker. <laughs> um the uh so we get thrown in jail. Uh and we're next to Sid. We get to meet our Sid for this game. Yep. Uh Sid is an older man. He's an engineer. He's the one who actually developed the technology to amplify the crystals, which has mm-hmm. uh both brought in a new age of technology and convenience and also made one town a little bit on fire all the time. Uh, he was jailed for saying that his invention was was dangerous. You get the sense by talking around town that the queen here, a uh, little bit, uh, uh, you know, not not great. Uh, she got tired of hearing from those pencil necks over in the yep. Library of Agents, so she Fucking built a heads. wall. Yeah, <laughs> so they couldn't get there anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, anti science. Yeah. Yep. Um. So, you know, you oh. talk to him and you're let out uh, because, uh, you know, some some guards come down and say, hey, yeah, turns out you were right. We done cracked the fire crystal a little bit. Sorry. <laughs> we, we know we just met you criminals, but would you help us? <laughs> well, we have nothing better to do. Of course we will. 
can can you can you get your werewolf buddy to help us out yeah exactly <laughs> okay hold up yeah um so we need to stop the the power that's being drawn from it which means deactivating the fire-powered ship yes uh they also have a ship that moves around it scoots by like through rocket fuel or whatever yeah yeah um i find this dungeon extremely annoying mm-hmm. um the elevators and stuff in this annoying really really annoying yeah, yeah. um we uh their enemy encounters are kind of gimmicky there's an enemy called a defeater that when it dies, summons in new enemies, mm-hmm. um, which doesn't add a whole lot, but it's at least kind of breaking it up. Yep. Something new. Um, yep. yep. And also there's crew dust. Um, and I like this just in terms of, you know, building this area, you know, because this is the fire powered ship and because it is kind of out of control, you get the idea that some of the people who are working on this, they were um, immolated and yeah. their, their haunted ashes are coming after you, uh, yeah. you know. Less interesting and more annoying is the fact that their main move is to blind party members. Blind, blind is, is 100% effective in this. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And it works for you as well, but you do not get an attack that can do it unless you want to fuck around with blue magic. Right. And you get flash. Um, the uh, So there, this dungeon is a puzzle dungeon. There are – it's like uh, elevators and chutes that you go through mm-hmm. to try to get certain things. And it is very annoying to do this with an encounter rate of like once every three steps. Yeah. Like, even just remembering, oh, like, which shoot did I try mm-hmm. already? When redoing a shoot yes. uh, means, you know, getting more encounters, which means, you know, fuck. Well, mm-hmm. that that's what I was trying to avoid yeah. to get to the end of this. It's a really annoying dungeon. Yeah. yeah. Um, you get to the engine room, and Queen Karnak is here, and she is uh, spouting crazy talk. Talking yeah. about how all the infidels will pay, et cetera, et cetera. And she is juicing the power on the engine. Um, you know, full throttle. Um, put her in a neutral. And let's set this whole thing on fire. And this brings out a boss that we need to fight, um, the Liquid Flame. Yep. Uh, which is uh, has three forms. It's like a, a, a man on fire, a flaming whirlwind, and a hand. Yes. Um, and they have different things. Like they're either immune to magic in certain uh, uh, forms. We'll do a blaze attack, which is a, a, a all-party fire attack. Mm-hmm. does a lot of damage. Um, or sometimes will heal itself. Yeah. I think kind of a creative, cool boss. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the the hand form. <laughs> yeah, like somebody finally fucking burned that helper in effigy. <laughs> like Amber's gonna start helping itself, you motherfucker. <laughs> I'm, com- <laughs> I'm coming for you next. Arby's oven mitt. Yeah, the Arby's <laughs> oven mitt's gotta go. I watched a comedian recently, a lady comedian who's very funny, uh, and she talked about how like men are always insecure about the size of their ding dongs. But they should be insecure about their hands because she's like, I don't want to fuck those people's dicks. I want to fuck their hands. <laughs> uh, and then she said, yeah, that's why my, my ideal man is the hamburger helper guy because he's got a hand, a mouth, and a job. <laughs> and I, this is a very good joke. <laughs> that is very good. <laughs> I love the idea of the hamburger helper's job, which is helping hamburger. <laughs> like, you know what? You want, you, want, you, you want somebody supportive, you know? Yeah. He, he, hamburger helper is not just in it for himself. No, no. Hamburger Helper is a team player. Yeah. It's a, I wish there was a job class in this. <laughs> I'm a level five Hamburger Helper. Yeah. I would, I would have, a, I would, I would do the, all the four Hamburger Helper Fiesta. <laughs> like that, that's probably got some like taco seasoning and some mm, taco seasoning, stroganoff. Yeah. yeah. Those, those are the only two I know. <laughs> yeah. 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 The, uh, there's also like an all purpose cheddar. Oh yeah. Kind of yeah. just like, do you want some orange goo? Mm. Here it comes. Um, after you beat the liquid flame, the queen falls. 
Uh, and she says she's uh, taken over by some all-pervading dark force. Yeah. So she's being controlled. Um, and something other than the machines destroys the crystals. Right. The machines just kind of speed it along, but there is a greater uh, corrosive force. So again, kind of swapping out the environmentalism. Uh, yeah. Kind of angle to this. Literally nothing. Yeah. You know? She says, hey, it, you, you need to go to the fire crystal, disconnect it. Uh, this needs to be stopped. Um, I have no idea how the fire ship connects to the castle. Uh, tunnels under the, yeah. the water or something. I don't know. Maybe. Something. Yeah. Um, uh, you get there and here comes a werewolf. Yeah. Here's our buddy wolf. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about the werewolf that's named wolf? Like, do you think that his other buddies are named this as well? Uh, I know? mean, that is actually a thing in the talisman by Stephen King and Peter Straub. Oh yeah. Uh, that sounds good. <laughs> it's, it's, it's fine. He's a, it's, it's fun. fun. He's a good character. Uh, uh, but they're, but they're just, they're, they're, they're just werewolves. They call them, so they're, huh? they're not wolves. They're wolves. Um, oh, gotcha. And yeah, you know, just call him wolf. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he is not a bad guy. You think you're going to fight a werewolf. You're not. He's uh, one of Gallus old buddies. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, you're, while you're talking to them, the soldier gets possessed and flips up the, uh, turns the, the fire crystal up to 11. Mm -hmm. And wolf sacrifices himself to try to stop the explosion while you get away. Yes. Um, and this is an interesting section. Yeah. Um, because on your way through this, you've maybe seen treasure boxes you couldn't get into. Yeah. Now you can. Uh, you have 10 minutes to get out. Um, you can go through and try to get those treasures and raid the castle. Mm -hmm. But all the treasures are mimics. Like they have a monster in a box. Yep. Um, and, yeah, you decide to, how much you want to get to it. And there is a boss at the end. Yeah. So uh, so if you're getting out, like, with no time left, uh, then uh, – and you're not – I kind of – for the fact that there will be a boss at the end, you may be screwed. That almost happened yes. to me. I got there with, like, 40 seconds. And ooh. I was like, ooh, okay, let's see if this happens. And it was down to, like, somewhere between one and two seconds that That's I actually great. finished that. It was it was good. I didn't get the ribbon, though. I, uh, oh. Yeah. That's 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 the one that's the one worth getting. I know, right? You get the electric whip. The, <laughs> yeah, the I got the electric whip. Beastmaster. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, yeah. Uh, no, I didn't look at a guide, and I forgot that there was a ribbon here. Um, yeah. And just like a little bit later on, when I was going through and making the notes, I was like, "Oh, dang! I could have gotten a ribbon there." Yeah. Yeah, I, I did a guide because I I knew I didn't want to, you know, yeah. trial and error this right. So I was just yeah. like, "Oh, the ribbon's the only thing of this I really want." Yeah. You know, um, and get this. There's an interesting little bit of behind the scenes stuff that uh, is in that book that you mentioned. Where um, this was when they started this, this was kind of new to the series. Yeah, doing this and uh, doing the time, the, the time dungeon kind of thing. The time dungeon, yeah. and the uh, developers kind of fell in love with it. it. Would create challenges for each other, like little speed run things. Mm -hmm. And originally had plans to put a lot more of these in the game. Yeah, uh, and thank goodness they didn't. Yep, would like have been that much. would have been yeah, it would have been too much. Like this is fun the first time it happens, mm -hmm. um, and it gives it some much needed variety. Yeah. Um, but if it happened all the time, I think that'd be a real problem. Yeah. Once or twice in a game is good. I mean, they're used to really good effect in six, you know, yep. with, uh, the floating cotton escape and the house that's falling down that Saban has to, uh, mm -hmm. get through. Yeah. Uh, all of that is good having it for no reason, just because the designers kind of went on a jag with the mechanic. Mm, probably not great here. It's fine yeah. though. It's, mm -hmm. it's good. Um, yeah. So you, uh, you get out, you fight this, uh, this boss at the end. Um, he's disguised as soldiers, but he's actually this thing called Iron Claw, mm -hmm. um, which is only really useful because or noteworthy because you have this uh, time limit. Yeah, um, the, the the commander he's got a dog uh, called Kernak. Yeah, you know, yep. you know Kernak, the Karnak Kerr. Yeah, yeah, kind of, kind of related. Yeah, there. Um, this is the castle explodes, however, and the <laughs> shards explode as well. 
giving you less than the normal set of six. Yes. Uh, kind of hinting that the other ones went elsewhere. Right. Um, giving you uh, three new jobs. Um, the Beastmaster. Um, so the Beastmaster is basically Realm. Yeah. From uh, Final Fantasy VI. This allows you to control enemies. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially, this is almost only for for two things. Like one, laying up uh, blue magic. Yep. And two, they have like a Pokemon ability. They can like capture an enemy and then release it to do one attack. Yeah. That is too much fiddliness and investment for me. Way too much. Um, it's, it's basically like certain bosses, if you release a certain thing, it'll basically obviate them. Mm-hmm. So it's a very specific key if you want to put in the work and use a guide or do like absolutely asinine amounts of experimentation. Yeah. Uh, which I don't. Yeah. Any Anything yeah. like this. A be like, you know, using the Beastmaster's train ability um, is a lot like stealing. Like, it's just something that you're just going to have to know to do against particular people. Um, mm-hmm. Back in the day, I did not see fit to, you know, do the trial and error to figure that out. Um, even with a strategy guide and even today, it's just more than I want to put into it. I understand that it is broken, uh, but it is, it's just not a mechanic that I want to engage with. Yeah. That's not, it's just not very fun to me. Yeah. Too many. Um, I do, I do not use uh, the next class very much either. Maybe mm-hmm. you can speak to it. Cause I think that you do, uh, the geomancer. Geomancers are like they're 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 extremely situational. So their hook is, um, it's a little bit like Mog's dances in final fantasy six. Um, they get, um, an MP free ability so they can cast a spell depending on what the, what the background is. So, you know, if you are, you know, up in the air, you can cast, uh, you know, what amounts to arrow. If you're underwater, it can do something that's like, uh, you know, aqua lung. Um, it just depends, you know, on if the enemy that is against that background is weak to, um, uh, you know, whatever, (laughs) whatever that background will let them do. Um, you know, whether or not it's useful for, for, for me, it's more about getting some kind of blue mage stuff in particular encounters. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, something that helps is the geomancer ends up having like just kind of all around. Okay. Stats. It's a little bit like a blue mage in that regard. Mm-hmm. So you can make somebody, um, a geomancer ahead of an attack or ahead of an encounter. Um, there's going to be an encounter later on in this episode against, uh, the ancient bird, the Archeoavis, that mm-hmm. is is uh you know made a lot easier by having a geomancer with it um but yeah you just make them a geomancer give them a useful secondary ability use it for that encounter and then go on to something else it's like a low effort blue blue mage mm-hmm. yeah yeah um yeah uh you know they're they're neat it's a good backup ability again for a caster mm-hmm. like geomancy because it is zero mp yeah uh and it will play into their stats like their their mp stats yeah right so like it is good for that but by this point um, my team is starting to kind of uh, actually fill out to closer to what I want it to be. Yeah. Um, largely because of the arrival of the ninja. Yeah. Uh, my probably my favorite class in the game. Oh, it's great. Um, yeah, ninjas are extremely fast. Um, their signature, you know, they get a host of things that I'm not interested in, mm-hmm. like being able to run away. Uh, but their two signature abilities are both phenomenal. Yeah. Um, dual wield, which allows you to, them to sacrifice a shield in order to have two weapons and get two attacks. Mm-hmm. So basically doubling their DPS. Like the swords are not quite as strong as knight swords, but they're almost there. Yeah. Um, just absolute uh, wonderful DPS. And then uh, surprisingly, and I forgot about this until this replay, uh, ninja scrolls are so cheap. Oh, yeah. Uh, and so powerful that you get this really, really strong universal source of all enemy elemental damage mm-hmm. for almost nothing. Yeah. Um, they're $200 a piece. Yeah. Uh, uh, so so which makes rock. getting shurikens uh, suckers bad. Do not buy shurikens. Well, shurikens do significantly more damage. Yeah. Like, shurikens are not a great 
bet at this point. Mm-hmm. When you come back and you just have so much money and yeah. you don't have anything to spend it on, shurikens are actually really good for bosses. Like, because uh, it's a really good way to do like three thousand damage to a single target. That makes sense. But you can do one thousand damage to every target for two hundred mm-hmm. gil. Yeah. Uh, and just consistently, mm-hmm. like I, after I got these guys, there's a little island you can, uh, grind on, mm-hmm. uh, outside of, uh, Crescent yep. and every, you know, all the enemies die in one hit from one of these things and you get way more than you spent mm-hmm. and you can just set everyone up to memory and just gain a lot of, you get, I think you get three AP. So it's not like the best grinding spot in the game or anything like that, but it's incredibly quick because of the ninja. Yeah. Um, yeah, very good class. Yeah, you're going to want to park your melee fighters on these guys uh, if only to get dual wield. Yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, dual wield is very, very powerful and uh, really, really great with almost any martial class. Yes, um, love putting that on a, on a Dragoon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, something else uh, about the Geomancer, there are a couple of interesting things because I guess I'm a Geomancer stan. Is that what Twitter teens say? That is what uh, all of the teens are saying right now. Or you yeet them. You <laughs> oh, yes. a, I yeet it into a, the ocean. You yeah. yeeted uh, the Geomancer into uh, yeah. something. Okay. Uh. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so I guess Geomancer is not the right word for them. Uh, in, in, in Japan, they're just uh, like they practice feng shui uh, is, hmm. is what it is. So that is why they get um, that is why they, they get those elemental um, bonuses based on based on their environment. Uh, so mm-hmm. that's kind of cool. That's also why they use bells as their mm-hmm. uh, as their primary attack. So neat little cultural touch point there. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, additionally, uh, so I guess three things. Uh, when you r- roll as them, they uh, they can spot trap doors in the floor, uh, which are annoying, and they're, we're going to come up on those. Um, and they also uh, do not take damage when you walk over damaging surfaces like lava. Yeah, yeah. Even though roughly around then is when you're going to get float. Yeah, yeah. So I just use float for that instead. Yep. Because uh, that um, has a lot of knock on effects in addition. Also, their abilities require like ridiculous, it is just ridiculously low um, um, AP costs to uh, yeah. master them. It's like 100. So, yeah. you know, not very many encounters to get everything you need out of them and get a good mm-hmm. magic power boost mm-hmm. off the back of them. Yeah. Um, in the, the face of this, Sid is very upset uh, yes. because he's the one who created this booster that mm-hmm. adds electrolytes to fire. So he will not leave his room at the end. Uh, you just have to check on this. You don't have to go here. It's just like if you want to go check on mm-hmm. the inn, maybe he goes to the inn. Yeah. Um, instead, you're just going to go uh, to the library because it's the other place that was mentioned. Yeah. Well, the, the wall blew up with the castle. Yeah. So you can go there. You're still you're still going there because you can. <laughs> yeah. You know, like it's still, oh, the wall is open, so we may as well. Mm-hmm. Like it is a way forward. Yes. Um, Library of Ancients, you know, big, big old place with a bunch of books. Um, mm-hmm. And the nerds here are all freaked out because they uh, lost Sid's grandson, Mid or Mead. Yes. It's pronounced Mead in the in the uh, anime Mid. Let's say Mid mm-hmm. because it rhymes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mid is trapped below. Unless Sid is supposed to be Seed. Hmm. 
which I don't like because then Final Fantasy VIII runs into a huge problem. Yes. Um, <laughs> Maybe that's why he runs the place. Yeah, that's actually pronounced Sode. <laughs> so all the agents of Sode. So, um, the, uh, so you're going to this, this book dungeon with mm-hmm. all these nerds. Um, it's a kind of a puzzle dungeon because you have to move these shelves and climb on the shelves. Mm-hmm. To navigate, um, the actually I like the the way this articulates though. I think this is cool mm-hmm. um, because the enemies are these open books that have uh, creatures that get summoned from the pages. Yes, we, and uh, you have to fight them kind of one page at a time. I think this is cool looking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good gimmick. I'm happy that yeah. they added a little bit of variety to this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Midway through, you end up finding a boss. Uh, Mid boss, you uh, find a book that uh, has Ifrit in it or Ifrit. Uh So you have to uh, do a battle against him, which brings him into your ranks. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and it's, it's, these are always framed as like a test. Yes. You know, so it's just like, oh, like, are, do, will you pass my test? Mm-hmm. Um, so you do. Yeah. And, the, he, uh, and he intimidates uh, a spirit that is uh, keeping you from going forward. Yeah. From, <laughs> from removing bookshelves in front of you, like a poltergeist. Yeah. Of some kind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause master effort is to be respected. Yes. Uh, in this. Um, the, uh, so after you get through this, you get to this uh, boss, Biblos. Uh, again, Final Fantasy Tactics DNA, right? Because mm-hmm. um, you run into Biblos is there, or a Biblos. Um, this is a, uh, a caster enemy who, uh, when he, his health gets low, he drains health from you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Um, nothing too, too noteworthy other than that, but, you know, fine boss. Yep. Um, and when you get to the end, you find that mid was not under kind of spell, and a spell or kidnapped or anything. He's just concentrating. Yeah. Because he's found a way to... Uh, power up the ship yeah also he's a little nerd he's a little cousin oliver looking nerd Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah i don't like mid very much gary no no mid sucks yeah i don't like sid in this game either i don't like either of these nerds i don't like anybody in this library no um, no library is cool library. get rid of get, get rid of the nerds keep the spirits fix yeah, the that's library. what i want to do to, do to every library i'm gonna run on vote yes on prop 344 <laughs> like because <laughs> we're gonna go we're gonna clean up the streets we're clean up the, we're gonna dirty up the streets by cleaning up the library <laughs> you know yeah so yes so we can go back to sid now um and mid chastises sid for being you know for wallowing in his own pity uh and this breaks a little bit of Galif's amnesia by uh reminding him of his granddaughter uh Kral. krill krille let's say krill uh, I, yeah, uh, uh, Cryley. Cryley? You know, something like that. Yeah. Kyle. Kyle? I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> bad bad I, name. Yeah, it's not, it's, it's not good. Yeah, uh, it doesn't, doesn't sound cool. No. Uh, but Galif, uh, you know, he is a king from another planet who once sealed away X-Death on this planet. Um, and he traveled here on a meteor once he figured out that the crystals that were keeping X-Death sealed away uh, were in danger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, we're, we're on, we're moving. Mm-hmm. There's one last crystal left and we just kind of have to guess, like we can get somewhere new because right. of the ship. Um, there's some optional towns we can go to as we're looking for this crystal to kind of gear up. Um, the best one of these is Lix, which is Bart's hometown, which he grew up in a, like, you know, <laughs> they never got out or anything. Like it's, you know, this weird colony in the middle of the mountains yeah. of, uh, implied ninjas. So this is the first place where you can buy those scrolls and buy a bunch of ninja equipment. Mm-hmm. So in my bonfire side chat mind, like this is a town of ninjas and that's Bart's canonical class. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I don't know if that's actually true. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you get flashbacks to when his mom died. Yeah. This is where uh, you get the Stella scream, which that I mean, it doesn't matter if that was present in the actual translation, like change her name. So it is not a readily reference to his 
or name desire yeah, yeah like it's just not it's not it's not good it'd be like naming your <laughs> naming your uh bad guy Wee herman you know yeah like yeah like no it's, it can't can't work that way sorry um yeah but you know but just you, you get that scene i like meeting his uh meeting his high school sweetheart as well mm-hmm. he's just mm-hmm. walking around it's just like oh bart i've got something to tell you oh but maybe later yeah (laughs) which can either be like she's she wants to confess her love to him or um hey bart's can you meet uh you you meet meet, meet my son (laughs) (laughs) that's what the 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 extreme was in final fantasy extreme Uh, bart's girlfriend is extremely pregante (laughs) unleash the multitudes bart's girlfriend (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> sorry you caught me off guard with that with the, with the trill on that r i'm sleepy <laughs> we've been recording for a while yeah it's been a minute since we've done like the three hour plus one man i know right <laughs> like uh yeah so um yeah so she's not extremely pregante though uh but just kind of a nice little uh like not even character touch just like beat i guess yes, i know it's I mean, nice to think that to, these are from somewhere yeah yeah, yeah they, they live somewhere like yeah. not everybody mm-hmm. but some of them are <laughs> um you go back to this is a good time to go back to waltz and get shiva mm-hmm. you know and then there's another village in the northwest where you can get rama mm-hmm. or rama uh and it's nice to get those round out your elemental yeah, summons yeah. Yeah. um our main destination here is crescent island which and this is just like i feel like this is fucking comical right yeah. Like so, the fire-powered ship. We don't need the ship to do this. We can we could actually get to licks with the um, black chocobo. Yeah, with the black chocobo, right? Yeah. So uh, we get this this later. Actually, we have to go to Crescent, where as we're coming through an earthquake. Like I mean, yes, kind of power of Earth, mm-hmm. but also it just feels extremely arbitrary. Mm-hmm. Sunks our sinks our ship underwater, and yeah. like we just fucking got it. <laughs> yep, you could have left the shore with the recently restored uh, fire-powered ship, and then boom, you lost it again. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I get, like, I understand, like, so there's, there's an argument that this is good pacing. Like the fact that you're constantly losing and gaining vehicles that have uh-huh. limited traversal sets. I, th- this game does move along at a zippy pace, mm-hmm. which I like. Um, I just think that like, this is very disempowering. Yeah. And also it makes no sense for the, like, it just is contradicts the characters being like, this is a big deal. We got this thing working. Mm-hmm. Cause we just, we just got to watch like mid and Sid yeah. create this thing. And it was like, you know, it was the fun, you know, airship building scene yeah. where the dwarves do that in, in final fantasy four or whatever. Like it's kind of cool. And then it just immediately goes away. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's, it's, it's ape shit. Contrast that um, with like, you know, you get the, uh, the hovercraft in final fantasy four and it's really only useful, uh, to get from Dancian, uh, to Mount Hobbs. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you kind of leave it there. Like, yeah. So you only have that for a little bit, but later on you get the hook and you can grab it and then it gets you, um, you know, it gets you from Eblon, uh, you know, down to the, uh, Babel cave. Right. Yeah. yeah. It, it comes back. Like the characters don't just abandon it. Yeah. Even if the player did. Right. You know, the characters like, oh, we still have that. Like, we can do this cool thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it just makes more sense. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so you go to the town and they're the only hint you have forward is you hear rumors about black chocobos. Yes. Which they say are extinct. Yes. They, they yep. didn't walk 10 feet in that direction to that forest. <laughs> yeah. They're extinct. Like, I mean, they're, the, the forest is lousy with them. But... Yeah. Well, it's just one, <laughs> but it's a small yeah. forest. Yeah. I mean, you could say yeah. this office is lousy with coal. I, I do say that, and I will continue to say it. It's my Yelp review of your house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 So. Uh, 
you, you grab onto him um, and you go to fly and then you go back to ground. Uh, that's because the black chocobo cannot fly because it is choking on crystal shards. Yeah. Yep. So you have to Heimlich this uh, this guy to get mm. the rest of your jobs from the last crystal. Yes. Uh, so he hawks up the ranger and bard yeah. jobs. Uh, ranger is very good only because of that rapid fire attack. Right. Um, leading up to Ranger. So what the Ranger is uh, in practice is a back, like a powerful martial back row mm-hmm. character. So like in the unlikely event that you have a character who is extremely fragile mm-hmm. because of your equipment and you want them to do good physical DPS and not be a caster, but be from the back row, um, the Ranger is good for that. Yeah. Um, they get some like weird little utility uh, abilities like summoning animals. That yeah. have a couple of like small effects they can do. They're not very interesting or good. No. Um, some bows are really kind of powerful. Yeah. Um, and also like you just get access right away to a bunch of elemental bows. Yes. Yeah. Which allow you to do elemental, you know, and, and faster than you get uh, elemental swords. Yes. You know, but again, you already have the ninja. You can throw elements at everything for dirt cheap. Yes. You know, so it's not more powerful than that. So the ranger on its face is not particularly good. Its ultimate ability is one of my favorite in the game, though, mm-hmm. which is called Rapid Fire, which does four attacks at random enemies that each do half damage. Yeah. So it's basically a double damage attack, but it stacks with anything else. Um, so it stacks with uh, dual wield. It stacks with two-handed, so you're doing full damage mm-hmm. uh, with the, the uh, four attacks. Um, and not being able to choose who you're attacking only really matters in boss fights where you have to focus fire. Yeah. Um, and it just it's so quickly, once you get this guy off bows... Um, and get him onto a ninja, mm-hmm. it so quickly just really ups the damage. Yeah. Um, and if you want to keep in the back row, the ninja has quite a few back row attacks as well. Mm-hmm. So you can do these eight powerful attacks from the back row and pretty easily, pretty consistently do about, you know, 2,600 damage spread out to the enemy. Yeah. And, and against a single enemy, it's very powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, and bosses are usually single enemies. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So rangers are cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, bards, the way that bards are powered up is interesting. Yeah. Uh, we haven't talked about this, but uh, in certain towns and stuff, you can learn songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you talk to people, you learn, and these are for the bard. Uh, the bard uh, gets these abilities, these kind of songs that they can play that have different effects, but you have to actually gather them through the world. Yeah. Just by, you know, being inquisitive, by talking to people. Uh, that is different than doing the piano practice, which is a really weird mini task that you can do. Yeah. 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 Um, I forget if there is a reward at the end of that. There's um, a bard song. Okay. Yeah, you, you get a, a, a decent, decent to good bard song for doing all the pianos in the game. I love the idea that you can only practice on a piano once and you have to throw it away. <laughs> piano meta. Like this piano is like one way. Just a, just a, a sterilized a sing, a single package. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just rip off the plastic and just like play, you know, uh, an octave. You know, play, play a scale and then it's like this guy's got to go time for garbage oh man um bards so a little bit of a joke class aside from that like they're situationally useful uh you get a spell you get a song that uh does damage to undead which ends up Mm -hmm. being uh you know relatively useful if you add that on to a secondary uh add that on as as a secondary ability uh harps are interesting weapons insofar as they uh they do uh fractional damage so it's mm-hmm. not just, you know it's not like okay you know your your attack stat multiplied by strength or whatever like it is you know one sixteenth to like I don't know like to a fourth of an enemy's uh, current yeah. health so it's a little bit like casting gravity um, interesting yeah. utility that is very obscured yeah yeah and probably not the most efficacious thing you can do no, no. like on a random encounter you are doing more than one sixteenth of an enemy's mm-hmm. damage you know you're probably doing more than a fourth 
yes. in a single attack with a martial class. Mm-hmm. Um, they're mostly there for that utility, but I do not get a lot of use out of them. Like they can be very good. Yeah. Uh, you can get hide, which sometimes helps, but if you're going to do that, uh, it is better to be a dragoon because you get a cool attack at the end of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we got the, those two. Uh, we head back to the library where Sid Mid are more are fine. Yeah. Um, you know, they do not care <laughs> that this, this horrible thing happened and all their work has been, they're like dozers from Fraggle Rock. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like, a little bit like uh, they're, they're more just happy. You're okay. They're like, Oh, we can build a new fire ship. We're just happy. You're alive. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, okay. Build a fucking new fire ship, man. Yeah. I like that thing. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. So, uh, however, they, somebody spotted King Tycoon and there's no, like, you're just going back to report that the ship, right? Like you, that, that feels like a, an extra side task to me. Yeah. Like to get a yeah. bonus scene, not part of the critical path, but it is part of the critical, critical path. A couple of they times. spotted King Tycoon floating above the desert of shifting sand. Yeah. So it's like, well, might as well go there. Cause it's the way forward. Like <laughs> nothing makes sense. Yeah. Um, so you go uh, there. Uh, the Desert of Shifting Sands is, at least in this episode, the LVP in terms of dungeons. Yeah, yeah. This is horrible. Yeah. Horrible. Um, yeah. We can't just go into it no. uh, because the, there's all, all those sands and they're all shifting. So Mid and Sid summon a sandworm so you can kill it and cross its body. Yes. Um, okay. I, I'm happy that they put the boss encounter at the start of this as opposed to leaving any chance that I would have to redo the conveyor yeah. puzzle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so the sandworm, it is a boss. Um, it randomly appears from three holes in the ground, um, and you know it will pop in, pop out. The annoying thing about this is um, it will do the disappearing act uh, and move like in between when you dial in an attack and when it executes. Yeah. Um, so you can just attack something that, that is not there. Additionally, when you attack an empty hole, um, it casts gravity on you. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and that's uh, frustrating. Yeah. Um, like, so it is softening you up with gravity, uh, takes half health, and then he occasionally does sandstorm to finish you off. Yep. Uh, so it's pretty tough, actually, and a little bit annoying just because you can't predict yeah. what's going to happen here. Um, not nearly as annoying as the dungeon. Yeah. Um, which is a conveyor belt maze where you not only get random encounters just while you're trying to navigate, but on conveyor belts. Yes. Um, that, that is, that's beyond the pale. Like that's a real problem, Mm -hmm. you know, like, because it's just, it's very frustrating. Like conveyor belt mazes in general, uh, unless you can see clearly the direction, all the conveyor belts go, Mm -hmm. like if you're doing that, then it's like solving a a placemat maze without putting a pen to paper. Yes. Right. If you can't see the end of the thing, the path, so it is literally just trial and error. Yes. And the, the, uh, benefit for doing the right choice is getting to a treasure chest or making your way through mm-hmm. the detriment is having to do it over again. It's the exact same thing as those T intersections, mm-hmm. um, except that instead of a T intersection, it's like a rune, right? It's, it's, you know, it's an asterisk yeah. intersection. There are multiple paths to go down. Like it is bad dungeon design. Yeah. Like really bad dungeon design. Uh, not a puzzle. You don't have complete information. The only punishment is tedium. Yeah. Like, it's horrible. I remember this stopping me. I lost interest in the game for like a month when I first got this on PS1. Mm. When I got to this point. Yeah. No. It's rough. It's a, it's a really bad, really badly designed dungeon. Mm-hmm. Um, getting through it, uh, we get to this town uh, called the the Ronka Ruins in Gone Town. <laughs> Gone Town. Like the Ronka Ruins. Like, it sounds like a drill tweet. Like, me and my Ronka boys. Like... <laughs> Like me and the Ronka boys go uh, out and 
get into piss shits. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, so the, the Ronka is apparently this lost civilization that was really technologically advanced. If you went to one of the optional towns, uh, Jakol, uh, they talk about, oh, we're descendants of these guys. Uh, there's really no more given than the fact that sometimes you fight some Ronka warriors. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't make it sound yeah. like Tonka. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's also, they're not really descendants if the warriors are just around. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, oh, oh, you're racist. I, see <laughs> I gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Like, I, I understand now. Yeah. There, there's a, uh, yeah, there, there's a uh, savages out there and you, you, you fight them. I get it. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So you're running around these uh the, the, these ruins. There's no random encounters. You're just like King Tycoon is playing hide and seek with you. His his force ghost. Yeah. Like yeah, he's moving around as a force ghost, like making you follow him around to different places mm-hmm. uh, until he does the old classic trap. Yeah. And uh, lures you into a trap door, which puts you into this weird steampunk dungeon. Like this is implied to be the Ronka. Yeah. Or whatever. Like this is their technology. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, but yeah, you're dropped. You're you're dropped into the into there, uh, and you step on a warp, which takes you across the across the planet. I have no idea why it takes you across the planet. Why the oh. ship couldn't have just been down there? Um, I think that they bring you over there because this is underneath um, Crescent Island. You walk and you find oh, this is where the fire powered ship went. Um, yeah. And then beyond that is an airship, you know, like well, a ship with a propeller. That's crazy. Um, unrelatedly, yeah. a nonsensical comedy of errors has sit in mid finding the black chocobo um, and uh, you press a switch, which drops them right on top of you. Yeah. So, like, you know, again, all of the kind of like it's dressed up as comedy. Mm hmm. Um, that is, that's that is a level of simple, com- like simplicity to comedy that cannot work on me. Yeah. You know, like what if, you know, the Laurel and Hardy were above a switch at a trapdoor and I pressed the button like, yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, I, I guess that's I don't even know how to describe that. Yeah. Like what happened there? I don't know. Like <laughs> it's, it just, it's it's rough stuff. Yeah. Um, so you lift off on this airship, um, but there's a monster clinging to the side that attacks you, which is the Cray Claw. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a big old big old lobster. Uh, is this mm-hmm. the fourth lobster we fought? A lot, a lot of lobster, anti-lobster bias. Yeah. In this game. Consider the lobster four times. Yeah, yeah consider um, <laughs> it twice per round. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this is not a particularly noteworthy fight. However, uh, we'll cast a, a spell, Maelstrom, I believe, which will lower the entire party to low health. So yes. um, occasionally it will just create these, you know, all hands on deck emergencies uh, for making it so you don't get total party killed. Yep. 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 And making sure that you have a, a, a full, full heal. Yes. Um, you don't have Kiraga yet. Mm-hmm. You're definitely doing a Cura on everyone, which does not give you that much. No. You know, back. So kind of tricky yeah. um, at this point. Um, once you get past him, uh, you can fly all around the world. There's the, not tons of reason to, though. No. Like, this should be an empowering moment. But with all the, the because this game is so vehicle happy, mm-hmm. we we could have been everywhere. Like, yes, you can go clean up licks and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, if you want to, that's the name of the town, right? The Ninja Town. I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah, but you, you, there's, you probably already done it. Yeah. You know, maybe you haven't. It's good that they give you a chance before the end of the the game, but also it takes that wonderful Final Fantasy moment of having access to the whole world and undercuts it because it no piecemeal it out to you. Yeah. You know, it's like if if before you watch a movie, you get to watch r- random thirty minute chunks of it that add up to the movie. Yeah. And like, it's not very exciting to watch it all come together now. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, no, there's there's no new place to go. Um, you can go to some islands and fight some um, fight some optional bosses. You know, like mm-hmm. boss enemies. Like there's one called Prototype that uh, it's kind of a preview of the Omega fight you're gonna do do later. Um, mm-hmm. Stuff like that. If you opt to do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. But the, um, the place where you do want to go and you don't know this until you just kind of trip over it. Uh, if you go back over Gone, um, a huge techno ruin erupts from the ground and ascends into the air. Yeah. So, all right. There's a techno ruin. Um, <laughs> a place to we go. can, we cannot, uh, fly high enough to reach the ruins without armoring the ship. Right. It needs adamantium. Adamantium comes from these meteors. What is this? Fucking X-Men three yep. or X-Men Wolverine. <laughs> where you find out that adamantium came from from meteors, mm-hmm. so Wolverine is lined with meteor stuff. Yeah, Duckstream 2018 movie. <laughs> um, yeah, so you have to go there. Uh, there's a boss fight for this. Uh, you got to fight an adamantois. Have you played a Final mm-hmm. Fantasy game? You fought an adamantois. Yeah, yeah, yep. They're pretty standard. Yeah, uh, high physical defense. Yeah. Uh, so with the uh, adamantium cladding, you are able to ascend uh, high enough to get to this what appears to be a shmup level, but kind of isn't. Um, yeah. Approaching the uh, the floating continent here, the floating ruins, uh, and you have to take out the defenses before you can get inside. So you've got to take out. Um, there's two on each side. These cannons, and then take on the soul gun itself. Uh, yeah, the missile launchers suck because they have a particular attack that will cause confuse on your uh, your party members uh that is especially a problem when you're fighting the soul gun because again you want to have all hands on deck if they confuse your healer um and you have to knock them out to uh make it so that they're so that they are not attacking you uh there's a chance that you will not be healed up enough to survive the uh the soul gun blast that it does yeah yeah confuse is a very annoying status effect yeah you know um not necessarily like it's not like it needs to be eliminated from the game or anything like that i wish that there was an item that cured it as opposed to just right? bonking them as opposed to bonking them because of that that situation you describe right yeah. like this should be an inventory item mm-hmm. that, that does this or there should be one yeah um unfortunately uh there's not right. um once you get inside uh there is a difficult there's a dungeon this is tricky mm-hmm. um it's lengthy it has multiple save points in it um this is the disc one dungeon yes um also there are trap doors or at least one of them um which mm-hmm. is not good nope uh anything where the punishment is just do this thing again mm-hmm. which is the basic video game punishment like that is yeah. the elemental video game punishment but it's so baldly you know yeah. it's exactly what that's all it is mm-hmm. you know there's no there's no twist on it yeah uh no. big dungeon tough enemies durable enemies you know, just, you just have to do a lot. Like, I ended up having mm-hmm. to leave here to get some healing items uh, to prepare for the uh, uh, main boss of this. Mm-hmm. Um, as you're going through this, you eventually catch up to King Tycoon. Uh, he's acting very strange. Like, if unless you're an idiot, you know that he's been possessed. Right. Up to this point anyway, because he's not acting like a father mm-hmm. uh, would. Um, and uh, he sends an enemy towards you, a very powerful enemy, uh, Archeovasis. Archeo... Ar- Archeoavis, which stands Avis? for Very Old Bird. Yep, Archeoavis. Um, which I did not end up having the same hard time with because I needed to, I was watching something. I don't remember what, but I went to that island, that Crescent Island, and I ground for a long time. Oh, you, you, so, you, so you are a scroll. I did. I did, the, I did the scroll thing. I, I got a little bit of scroll. You're I just scary. needed. What'd you do? Here's here's what here's, here's my thinking. Uh, was I didn't, uh, the thing I was watching, I wanted to pay attention to. Okay. Um, it might have been during Chernobyl. Oh, okay. uh, not the not the event, but the TV miniseries event. Um, the, yeah, the, I didn't do it when I was six. Um, <laughs> so I, I was uh, watching Chernobyl, and I was I originally was just playing to just make progress in the game. Yeah, but Chernobyl is so fucking good. Yeah, uh, that I uh, ended up um, saying like, okay, I can only tap A. 
during this. Like this is too good. But if I can multitask like this, when I actually sit down to play Final Fantasy V again, it will go a lot faster. Mm. So I was just over leveled for this dungeon. It's caught up with me. Okay. Like in my current play experience, I'm not over leveled, um, which is the the effect of grinding, right? Like it doesn't yeah. last forever. Um, but uh, yeah, this ended up this dungeon ended up being a cakewalk to me just because of that. Right. Like right. it wasn't, uh, it, this is a hard boss. I recognize, I remember it being hard the first time I played it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can thank the HBO miniseries event Chernobyl for, <laughs> uh, for it being just absolutely, I just DPS this guy into oblivion. Yeah. Like with ninjas. No, like everyone is just doing so much damage. It's uh it's, it's really hard. Ninjas got me through it as well, but primarily because, um, I had shurikens cause I hadn't been using them. It is a source of non-elemental damage you know, physical yeah. damage that consistently will just like, you know, I had five of them and it got me through, got me through the first phase at the very mm-hmm. least. This is a wall. Like I, again, yeah. I remember back in the day having a lot of problem with this. Like if you are appropriately leveled for this, um, it will be very difficult um, because um, it, it, it kind of is subverting your regular approach to bosses, you know, you know, in a final fantasy game, you want to figure out what they're weak to and then, you know, use that leverage that Archeolavis. Yeah. Uh, has shifting weaknesses uh, starts out weak to air. So, which, you know, which is why it's good to bring a geomancer to this. Um, and, you know, without telling you um, it will shift uh, to become weak to something else, which means that something that you were, that you were attacking it with might end up healing it. Yeah. Um, which is the worst, you know, worst thing yes. right? that, that can happen. Yeah. It's um, and there's no visual indication no. if I recall, right. It's no. not like the, uh, the mage master or what have you in six. Right. It just, it just, you know, you'll just notice, you know, one time you do an attack and it does, you know, 800 damage. The next time you do it, it does zero. It does nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So even if you're, if you're not uh, tracking those weaknesses, it is good to stick with physical attacks, which Mm -hmm. don't do as much damage as they could. Yeah. Which means you need to be hardier and stay on your heels Mm -hmm. a little bit better. Or you need to have non-elemental attacks, which are rare. Yeah. Uh, The shurikens do it. There are some blue magics that do it. There are a couple of summons that do it, but there aren't, they're not very powerful. Yeah. We haven't gotten our powerful non-elemental summon yet. No. Um, so. And when you beat it, uh, it turns it turns out this is a Dark Souls 3 boss fight uh, because yes. it revives and you have to fight its undead form. Uh, yes, which has which slightly not go different down in attacks. One Phoenix down, no, no. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. It's a very hard fight. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it, yeah it is, super tough. It is a suitable disc one final boss. Yeah. Super tough unless you do the degenerate monsterism that I did. Yeah. Unless, uh, unless you play the game wrong like Gary did. I did. Uh, I admit it. Um, After you get through this, you get to the, uh, after you beat him, you get to the Earth uh, Crystal Chamber. We find out that Tycoon is possessed for the slow people in the audience. Mm -hmm. Like, he's possessed. Uh, And uh, Bart is going to attack him, but Ferris and Lena, uh, Lena stop him from doing that because that's that's their daddy. Mm -hmm. Um, And then out of nowhere, uh, Creely, Cryly, Kryle, Krill Krill, appears and zaps him. Right. Says, oh, it's just a lightning spell. Yeah, and it knocks him, sends into it. Uh, mm-hmm. Galath, upon seeing Krill, um, gets all of his memories back. You know, he's got his full yep. identity, etc. You know, they have their tearful reunion. Um, while Lena and Ferris have their, re- you know, <laughs> reunion with, uh, with, with, with King Tycoon. You know, Ferris finally gets to address him as, uh, as, as her, as her father, Papa, she calls him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Bart's mm-hmm. is just like, oh, okay. I'll Why am I here? here. <laughs> yep. Oh, did I, own, I owned a chocobo. I had a pet. Oh, dang. I, fuck, man. My, that's why I don't have any anyone who loves me right now. That's why I'm Dennis Miller at the end of the Saturday Night Live credits. No one's hugging me. Like, it, it's, it's because I left my boy. I abandoned my boy. Yeah. Uh, like, nobody likes me here. I should go. I'm just going to jump off this airship because I'm a worthless piece of shit. Time to go. You know? 
it's not good. <laughs> yeah. He's not, he's not a good character folks. Nope. Um, yeah. So, uh, this causes doing this, the earth crystal shattering mm-hmm. at this time, which it shatters, uh, is the last seal that causes X death to get out. Uh, he appears in the chamber to taunt, uh, Gallif before, uh, moving on to Gallif's world. Right. Um, which is a lot like Scatman's world. Mm-hmm. Except in worse shape. Yeah. And, uh, so X death, like his design at this point, before he becomes a tree, mm-hmm. is just like extremely tall man in armor. That's Golbez. Yeah, it's very Golbez, but like worse Golbez. Yeah. Like worse color scheme, worse design. Mm-hmm. Like it's hard to tell what's going on in his torso. I blame Nomura because of course I do. <laughs> um, the, uh, I blame Nomura because I have eyeballs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. And because I want to keep using them. I don't want them to, you mm-hmm. know, I, I like my eyeballs. I have them and, lo- and love them. Yeah. Um, I only so, have two uh, payments left. Exactly. Not one for each. Um, the, uh, so he, he does this, it's causing the, the airship and stuff to fall apart on this flying city. Tycoon sacrifice, King Tycoon sacrifices himself to hold the ruin together just long enough for you to escape. Right. Why he can do that. Why he can send his life energy to hold together a building. I don't fucking know. I don't know. Does not matter. No, nope. um, it's just arbitrary nonsense. Um, and once we, uh, once this happens, we get these new jobs, uh, on our way out. Yes. Um, the four final kind of main jobs, except for hidden ones and the, uh, GBA ones. Right. Um, so let's talk about them. Let's do it. Uh, first yep. up here, we have, uh, we have samurai. Yep. Uh, a very powerful kind of like advanced knight, mm-hmm. uh, version of that more utility, um, some stronger attacks. Yeah. Uh, their base verb is to throw money, mm-hmm. you know, which is, which is a samurai thing. Zeninage. Yes. Zeninage. Um, which is apparently very powerful mm-hmm. uh, in this game. I haven't used it a lot and I haven't used it this playthrough. So I don't remember. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't use it a lot in my earlier playthroughs. Like I like samurais in this game and, and in final fantasy tactics, they kind of come a little bit late while I'm ar- by the time I'm already kind of invested mm-hmm. in other, other things usually. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's just, it's a, it's a good thing if you have nothing else to level up. Yeah. 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 Uh, they have good stats. Um, katanas are really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dragoon, which I know is a bad class, but I still have a tremendous fondness for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, just aesthetically, I don't know. Maybe it's because Kane is such a good character, um, in four. Don't know. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I like doing jumps. I like having a spear. Um, I like being off of the, like having a character off of the, uh, off of the playing board, uh, for a little mm-hmm. while. It's good. Um, yeah. it's good. It's bad, but it's good. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't synergize very well with, uh, you know, what their, what their stats are. Right. Mm-hmm. So like having a very high armor, high HP class, Yeah. a lot of times, you know, a good move would be to add cover yeah. to that, you know, so the, the character can cover your people that does not synergize well with jump. No. Like having the player off the board when they're your strongest character, like you want this character to take a hit. Mm-hmm. You don't want them not to take a hit. So yeah. it's, it's a, a weird, it can get you past some like instant death or practically instant death attacks. Yeah. Jump is good to get, uh, to get as a skill for another for another class, basically. Yeah. When you, when you know that, you know, it just, if I time it right, I can miss this big attack that would otherwise do me in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And, and, you know, having a, one of the things I do like about, uh, the, you know, this game in general is that none of these classes are so shitty that you can't use them if you like them. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, so like, yes, there are optimal ways. It's fun to break the game and stuff. But if you just have an affection, yeah. indulge. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um, the dancer uh, is somebody who it's, it's a little bit like Mog as well. Kind of. Like a little bit, you know, like you do dances that have different effects. Um, it is uh, random, I believe. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, yeah, it's, and they it's just one make, of four is what it is. Yeah. 
uh, and they do kind of different things. So like you end up with like charming every enemy doing, uh, doing damage to every enemy kind of rarely, uh, things like that. I have not really used them, mm-hmm. you know, very much like in either of my playthroughs. There, there, uh, there are they, they, they get the ability to equip good, uh, good uh, weapons and accessories, mm-hmm. um, and that is their highest, uh, their highest skill. Uh, equip ribbon uh, is what it is. Uh, so mm-hmm. I think they're the only class that can innately wear the ribbon. Is my, yeah, is what I believe. Yeah. Um, additionally, they get a power uh, flirt that lets you confuse enemies. That would be mm-hmm. much more useful if status effects were more broadly, uh, yeah, more broadly effective. Yes. Like when, especially like confuse, which is not going to work on bosses generally. No, like no. So a lot of status effects do work on bosses in this game, but not mm-hmm. that one. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so they're, they're, again, I know you can break them and make them much more useful. Mm-hmm. There's also this thing with like the dancing dagger. There are two pieces of equipment you can find in this game that will fuck you up. Yeah. Uh, the dancing dagger, which has good stats, but you don't attack with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you do, uh, one of da- it makes your character do a dance move. Mm-hmm. So when you optimize, your equip anyone who can equip a dagger will equip this fucking dancing dagger and you have to unequip it. Yeah. The other one is the bone mail. Oh yeah. Which is it a turns thing to make you sure, dead. Yep. Turns you undead has great stats. And if you go into a boss fight and when you, you're at the critical moment and you heal everybody and one of your guys dies, that's what happened womp, womp. is you, you, you know, so I, it took me longer than I, I care mm-hmm. to admit to just be like, okay, I guess I can't optimize on level change. Nope. Cause the, the game's going to trap me for doing so. <laughs> um, but there are things with the dancer where you do that, where you do the most likely uh, sword dance more likely mm-hmm. if you equip that on a dancer yeah. and sword dance is a powerful attack. So there's ways to make this good. Yeah. Um, these, these are all very situational, actually. Yeah. Um, the chemist is also a very weird class. Um, incredibly um, exploitable. If you yeah. can look up and find the combinations, they have the mix command, uh, yes. which lets you, it's a little bit like, I mean, this is later and obviously this character pulled from it, but it's like Riku's ability. Yeah. Um, that's where that came from. Yeah. This is where this came, this is where it came from. Yeah. Um, and they also have the drink command mm-hmm. because you'll be finding some potions around. Um, which give a buff, some mm-hmm. of which are unique, some of which are identical to spells. Yeah. It's frustrating to me that you need to drink mm-hmm. to do those um, and have that drink command. It can be, again, very exploitable. Yeah. Um, so in some ways, it's a very advanced class. Before guides were about, uh, the level of experimentation required for this is like quite a bit. Yeah. You know, um, and some of them are just – so when you mix two items that you can mix, it doesn't affect – um, these will either emulate spells or be other unique effects. They take place immediately. Um, and it is, again, the key to certain bosses. Mm-hmm. You know, there are things like, oh, berserks the entire enemy, and it just obviates certain bosses. They're just going to do physical attacks? Fine. Mm-hmm. No worries. Um, so it's very powerful if you feel like putting the time into it. Yeah. Um, kind of like Blue Mages, except like with more research and less homework. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like yeah. You do have to grind stuff up. Like you do have to gather materials for it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you want to do something, it's like, well, I need to do a lot of uh, getting black holes or dark matters or whatever, yeah. turtle shells. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's not super fun to me. Um, and that's all of the jobs except for mime and the final fantasy advance ones. So that we'll get later. So that's basically, those are basically the jobs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so now we are ready. Uh, our planet needs us. So (laughs) we uh, escape on the airship and Goloff explains how his plan from 30 years ago went awry. Um, they basically just dumped X death here. (laughs) Yep. This is a planet with crystals. Uh, there were also people here. (laughs) Like this is only 30 years ago. This would be like, there's a horrible thing to do. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Evil warlock, uh, from our home planet, extra dimensional threat wants to end all life and literally has death in his name. Let's, uh, you know, hop on a meteor, kill him, take him to this place. And then, uh, you know, Shanghai him basically. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, they sealed him away in the crystals, but you know, from within the void, he, you know, reached out. We saw how he possessed people. He pulled the old, uh, you know, Zemus gambit, uh, yep. you know, in order to influence the world so he could break his, break his seal. Yep. And, and this is a, a frustrating plot development to me, mm-hmm. uh, because how cool is the idea? And I can't think of a good piece of media that does this, that deals with the aftermath of banishing a force mm-hmm. and where you banish it to. Right. Like, isn't that, that's a unique, like fantasy sci-fi kind of con- construction, right? Like mm-hmm. not unique, but rare. Yeah. Like, I can't think of a good example of that right now. That's interesting. You know, the idea that, and it also has really great environmental ties, right? Like you can never mm-hmm. really throw something away. Right. You can make it away from you, but it impacts something. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a, a thematically rich resonant idea mm-hmm. uh, that just doesn't play with played with very much here. Like the, the kind of, Teflon nature of these characters and the story and how it's articulated is like, I can bring, it's not like over, like typical overreading, right? Which yeah. is what I think is the reason why people talk about Final Fantasy VIII as being an absolute genius work of like emotional, you know, emotional tapestry on the likes of Guernica. The, the, like the, the, people, be, the best love story ever told. Yeah. When people, when people do that kind of thing, they're overreading, yeah. right? Like somebody on, on the Slack introduced me that term. I really like it. Mm-hmm. It's not always bad. I'm really glad people do it. Like, I'm glad that there are people, you know, like Austin Walker does it a lot. Mm-hmm. I love Austin Walker. I think he's a really, like, I don't always agree with him, but I think he's yeah. a really great thinker. Uh, and one of the things I think he does is he engages in this kind of overreading. Like, if I bring 40% of myself to this piece of pop culture media, I can fill in the cracks to make it build this entire theme that is very cool. Yeah. I'd, I'd rather think this is cool than not. So it is a good thing to overread into this. This is something that H bomber guy does quite a bit. H bomber guy does that a lot. Yeah. Right. Like he's also uh, an example. It's, it's pretty, you know, it happens a lot. It's, it's not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. My brain isn't made for it. Yeah. Like I don't, uh, you know, there's, there, there's, I think of this in terms of percentages of sensitivity, right? Mm -hmm. So like if you can go into final fantasy eight and say that it is actually this genius subversive work that has all these incredibly rich themes that made Mm -hmm. you, cry and stuff i think you're giving 30 percent yeah of yourself to it or something like that right like it does it does some work to get there mm-hmm. but you're giving a percentage of yourself like i have a hard time giving a large percentage of myself to work like that like i probably top out at like dark souls 2 mm-hmm. which i get like a lot of emotional resonance to but it doesn't do all the work it needs yeah you know but it does it does some i think to get this thing i'm describing or get that emotional resonance from final fantasy 5 you have to be at like a 90 percent overread rate yeah like you have to give bring so much of yourself to this because there just isn't characterization dialogue sense of place um the plot is just a straight line that's one sentence like there's just nothing there for you to build you have to give so much of yourself to make something worth thinking about with final fantasy 5 I want to uh, go and read Final Fantasy V fan fiction. Oh, yeah. I wonder what that's like. Yeah. I, I, that's literally the last thing I want to do in my life. I think I, <laughs> I think I wouldn't do that if you paid me. But I want you to. Yeah, and I want you to I talk just, to me about it. Like, I, like, I'm, cu- I'm curious. Oh, I'm curious how, how people do. Yeah, yeah. I think I want to read Final Fantasy V fan fiction. Yeah. Yeah. So what a sentence. That's why I what said it twice. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> so let, that get, let that sink in there. That, that's how you can tell. The fact that I uh, am pushing back on this is how you can tell I'm not still a scrawl. Because I think a scrawl, Gary, would be like, oh, that sounds great. 
Yeah. Well, I'm just like, if, if there's you a know? place, if there's a place where people are going to do that, like somebody to say, like, oh, I love the, I love the town of Tool. Like, what's the aftermath of all those pirates being there? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, like more than fan fiction, I want to like, I, I don't want to, but I can imagine the essay that is like. This game is a powerful medica- meditation on the idea of inheritance. Uh, you know, and it, did, to give it the second, give the old Sekiro one too. Give it the old Sekiro one too, and like it just requires way more than even Sekiro does, right? Like Sekiro, I think, does those themes and stuff, but it, there's weird similarities because they're both like overly simple. Mm-hmm. I think Sekiro has really good characterization. Yeah, you know, if if that if I think Sekiro is ten percent or fifteen percent too simple, I think this is like ninety five percent too simple. Yeah. Like it, it is just requires so much more of yourself to, mm-hmm. to make this cool. And the frustrating thing is that missed opportunity, like the story of what happens to the world you send something to yep. is incredibly cool. Like what mm-hmm. if the entire world was shaped by it? Yeah. Like what if uh, when it happened, it was a color out of space kind of thing and people were sick and it was like the, the you know, the Final Fantasy VI dark, uh, uh, you know, dark world. Mm hmm. Or whatever, you know, like it actually had an impact and you got a sense of how the people lived and you got mm-hmm. a sense of how it impacted a character. Yeah. And maybe it changed the economics and it changed the structure of things. And you just they did any any work, mm-hmm. any work for that stuff. Instead, it's just arbitrary. Like we thought it was environmentalism. Uh Oh, mm-hmm. it's not environmentalism, though. This this it's metaphor is wizard. actually resonant. It's a space wizard who wants mind that wants destruction for nihilism reasons. Yeah. And there's no real, like, this is also not processed on Gullif's side, right? Mm-hmm. Like, the fact that they did this, this is the scene where they fess up the monumental crime that it is of summoning so, or shunting somebody into another world mm-hmm. is never addressed. No, no. Like, no characters are complex enough in this game to experience guilt. Yep. Like, they can say they're guilty once, and then we're back to throwing puns around with zigzags or whatever the fuck that the guy's name is. Like, you know, <laughs> the uh, the other uh, the four warriors with the dumb names. It's up. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's a really big missed opportunity, mm-hmm. uh, here. And it's, I find it very frustrating because the thing, you know, when we talk about that transactional experience of games where it's like, you have to trade the, the bad part for the good, yeah. the good part of this would not be lessened by having the bad part of it be made better. No, no. And, you know, you know imagine the straw man, or at least envisioning and en- envisioning a rebuttal saying, Hey guys, this, the story just isn't what this is about. Like it, yeah. it's, it, it's kind of not fair to critique it because you know, et cetera. A, a, it is. And I, you know, go back to what we talked about with, you know, with no, no sense of urgency or propulsion from event to event. I would argue that it absolutely, the, the, the lack of any kind of motivation, um, in whatever sense of the word you want to use, uh, for the characters in the story in this, that it does hamper the play in this, that it does take a lot of the wind out of the sails. Um, yeah. of the events in this game it does leave you marooned uh just to kind of like literally wash up uh yeah. someplace where whatever dead idea they have um it just kind of plays out until it lets you aimlessly kind of like bumble into the next thing it is, it is a really having those kind of like uh things you can gl- grasp onto yeah like this is a cool idea about this is very important to not just the experience of a narrative a game of a game, but it contextualizes what you're doing, Mm -hmm. you know? So if I'm doing something kind of like a bland task in a game, having a cool reason to do it Mm -hmm. doesn't do all the work in the world, right? Like if it did all the work in the world, I would just unabashedly love this genre, Mm -hmm. but it does a lot of work, Mm -hmm. you know, like something like, I mean, theming um, matters, theming matters, theming totally matters. Like more than, you know, 
more than it's given credit for and certainly more than like to me like more than like presentation you know less than what you're actually doing like mm-hmm. i want to do a cool thing mm-hmm. but uh definitely more than just like presentation like yeah. the context surrounding it and when the, the fact that these characters just kind of arbitrarily like well i got to find the next glowing spot on the map yeah. which continues like these characters get teleported to another world not a lot of time is spent on it mm-hmm. uh and then it's still just like find the next glowing area because that's the way forward yeah you know maybe one out of every five times we have a goal most of the time it's just like and there's just nothing to grab onto mm-hmm and they solved this. Yeah. Uh, four is great at that part. Yep. For even when you're doing an annoying dungeon in four, fuck, even when you're doing an annoying dungeon in the after years, Uh-oh. I know why I'm doing it. <laughs> you know, like I, th- I think the after years is a really bad game. Yeah. I think that you, but you, I know why I'm there. Uh-huh. Like I have a reason, like the characters discuss like, Hey, we have to go through this dungeon. I know we've already been through it a bunch, but we have to go through it. Mm-hmm. Then you go through it. And there's there's a reason like it's connected to the main plot. It's connected to characters, connected to all these threads that the game just lacks. Yeah, Uh, it's very weird. Mm -hmm. It is a very it is the you know, and the idea that like, oh, there are there are Final Fantasy five games and and they're just the same as Final Fantasy eight and the same as, you know, Final Fantasy three and stuff like, no, there's just Final Fantasy five. It's just the one that does this. Yeah. And if this had come if this was Final Fantasy two. They would make a lot of sense, yeah. you know, because we made a, a mechanical breakthrough, but we're still kind of dealing with this slightly simpler storytelling method. Mm-hmm. But coming after four just does this no, no favors. None at all. You know, because four, four is good. Like four, that's a good story. That's cool melodrama. Those are good characters. They're still archetypes, but they're at least archetypes. Yeah. You know, um, this is just a, very frustrating. Mm-hmm. So, again, this, this, this reveal that like, oh, this is what happened is deeply unsatisfying. Instead of being a cool twist. Yeah. Because they do nothing with it. I mean, and it speaks to how important consequence is to storytelling. Yeah. You know, like like there has to be, you know, a, a reaction for the action that you take. And what we see here is there is either no consequence present or there is no or the consequence is muted. You know, it is yeah. it is perfunctorily addressed and then moved on. I mean, consider you know, the monumental consequence that is present, you know, that is present just a couple of years later when they put out Final Fantasy three, sorry, six rather, yeah. you know, where the, the world ends, you know, you yeah. still have an enemy who is, you know, megalomaniacal for nihilistic reasons, but there is consequence. There is a result from what happens. You know, it is not constantly, you know, chased, chasing the aftermath. Right. Yeah. And, and that character is like, it's not like nihilism itself is a horrible goal. Right. For something like I don't think it's very interesting. I think it's to be used sparingly. But the reason why it works with Luca Blight and the reason why it works with Kafka mm-hmm. is because we're shown the extent of their cruelty mm-hmm. in human terms. Yes. You know, so uh, Xteth's cruelty is never really shown. No. As a character, like he's a horrible villain. Like he is extremely flat because we're never like shown the human cost. Right. Like even when he is in power, when you go to the other world where he's in power, mm-hmm. we don't get to see like. Are there villages he's raised? Are there homeless We don't get children? to see the oppression. We don't you get know. to see anything. Just like, you know, when we see the oppression in, in the Empire in, in 6. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I, and I love the Empire in 6. Like, I love Kafka. Yeah. And, there, you know, he's he, it's it has a framework. Like, there's a context. Like, hey, there's a military here. And Kafka has poisoned the river to do to break the siege. Mm-hmm. It's a war crime within the rules of this world. Uh, and, wow, that shows me that this guy is a real piece of shit. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there are rules in that world. Yeah. You know, there, there's this, this very basic level of scaffolding that's missing here. Yeah. Uh, and it really makes me surprised that this game has the reputation it does because it's good. Like the job system is great. 
Yeah. It's super, super good. It's not the first time to do it, though. So, like, the credit for firsties, uh-huh. you know, even though it's worse. It's not, it's <laughs> the credit the for firsties goes to a worse game. <laughs> goes to the worst, like, a way worse game. And, one, you know, probably the worst job system in Final Fantasy, which is three. Yeah. You know, but this isn't that innovative. Like, it made improvements that are important. Mm-hmm. But it's not that innovative. Yeah. And the things that people love the series for, mm-hmm. it just decides not to engage in. I, I went back to this expecting the game to have more nails to hang its hats on. Me too. Yeah. I, I was like, I was certain that I was being unfair to it. Cause I always, I always remember this as being the worst final fantasy story that I played through. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm really want to play it because I want to do some crunch. Yeah. I'm in the, I'm in a crunch mood. I've been, I'm always in a crunch mode. I, that's my secret. I'm always crunchy. Um, and I was like, I'm going to give this my best possible most charitable foot forward. Mm-hmm. Like, how can I uh, be as kind to this as I can to the plot? Um, I had a renewed appreciation for four when we did it, mm-hmm. of like how that handles melodrama. Um, it just didn't happen yeah. for this. And I'm almost over, I'm almost done with them at the end of act two. I have cleanup and like four major dungeons and then the ending, Yeah, you know? Uh, so it just never comes around. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I also get like, there are parts of it, like in that book, they talk about how, what X death is trying to do of like return things to nothingness is, is like more of a, a cultural concept yeah. in Japan as, as something. I don't think that actually addresses the criticisms though, about what, uh, what's, what holds that up. Yeah. No, yeah. you know, they still need a reason to want it. Yeah. I mean, just, you, you know, e- even if that is the case, it's still not enough. Yeah. Yeah. So extremely disappointing. This reveal sucks. Yeah. Um, so we uh, escape the airship, as we mentioned, um, Gelef and, uh, Kree Lokrokhokhok, uh, leave for their, their home planet. <laughs> she Aztec? Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know what she is. I don't, uh, it's, it's a bad name. Yeah. Um, leave, uh, for their planet, uh, taking their meteor, bringing the party up. They talk about how, like, we're like, hey, we'll follow you. And they're like, well, it's a one-way trip. Yeah. There's only enough meteor juice. So there's meteor juice in play. Yeah. Uh, to make a one-way trip. If you come with us, you're not coming back. Mm-hmm. So you're not coming with us. Right. And they say, but we fuck just, you. I'm going to go to another planet. <laughs> yeah yep yeah and so we go and find sid and mid and they are returning this adamantium because apparently it's real dangerous you know the the leftover adamantium from the ship upgrade they're t- taking it back to the tycoon meteor um and like oh yeah like this is what is providing the energy so we have to go around and go to all of the other, other meteors gather enough adamantium to power uh a portal to take us which gives us uh, opportunity to do a few bosses and summons. Yes. All right. This is kind of a weird little coda after that climax dungeon. It is. <laughs> yeah. I'm not. I'm not certain about this as a as a pacing. Yeah. Beat. Um. So we go to the different uh, and they're like comedy things, mm-hmm. right? Like we just had this like huge reveal that's like a, an alien. Yeah. Uh, decided to imprison a, a, a elder creature in our world, but let's go do some fun with Sid and Mid the idiots. Yeah. Yeah. Did, did, um, did, 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 don't go in there. Oh, did yeah. you poop? No, they're mo- 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 monsters. Yeah. Yeah. Christ. Yeah. Um, so, uh, the first one, um, there's a, a Pearl Bolos, which is a, an interesting gimmick fight. It's a bunch of bombs, uh, classic final fantasy enemies. But, uh, when one of them dies, they cast, uh, revive on the entire group. Yeah. They cast, uh, they cast a rise, which is, which is a full, uh, which is a, 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 a full revive on everybody uh however when they die and they cast that uh it actually uh depletes their mp yep yeah um, so you know yeah they can't keep doing it but mm-hmm. it does mean you know if you want to game this you want to do even damage to everybody and kill everybody at once yep so you bring out your kicks yeah bring out your kicks and you bring out your uh, uh Ninja scrolls. scrolls yeah yep uh and you can take this guy out that's kind of the gimmick mm-hmm. um titan 
um, who is this very strong, uh, physically strong enemy is very resistant, um, cast Earthquake, which is an incredibly powerful spell, mm -hmm. uh, which can be obviated by floating, which you don't have yet. Right. Uh, even though you can get it through mixing, there's a chemist way to do it. Yeah. Um, you cast Earthquake when he dies. Um, you just have to survive this mm -hmm. at the end, and you get this guy as a summon. Yeah. Uh, this is where I loaded everybody up with the Dragoon and just hoped mm -hmm. that somebody was up in the air when it fired. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that'll definitely work. Yep. Um, I can't, I think I just brute forces. I think this is still on my overleveled. No, yeah, no, yeah. no, I couldn't survive because, um, sometimes like, like when, when I was down on the ground, uh, not doing the Dragoon encounter, um, or, uh, strategy rather, um, he would do two, uh, earthquakes at the end, mm -hmm. killing everybody. So, yeah, which is a, which is a cheap shot. Yes. Um, and then Manticore, the final one who is a Manticore, mm -hmm. um, and mostly attacks with these, uh, very strong, like total party attacks that cause uh, the drain status effect, which is like poison that you can't cure. Yeah. It's like a sap. I think it's called sap and some yeah, of the other. Yeah. Drain, drain, drain is an actual status effect kind of thing that yeah. you do. No, it just, uh, it's, it's a little bit like having bio cast on you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it'll do like aqua rake or aqua long or you know, what have you. Um, so many different names for things because of the different translations. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah, uh, really tough. Uh, just cause yeah. you have to, you have to deal with this. I forget the, what strategy I used earlier today when i beat this thing there's a loading up on healers uh -huh. helps with this guy a lot just being able to do a full or close to full heal yeah like frequently will will you know having yeah. two turns where you can do cure on everybody mm -hmm. per round will will obviate this mostly yeah um i like this triad of bosses though even though it is kind of a weird pacing decision to have you go do hijinks with sid and mid um just mm -hmm. because each of these bosses does have a strong gimmick that requires you to understand some of the corner cases of the abilities mm -hmm. and bosses that you've the or the abilities and classes that you have so far. Um, yeah, I agree good with fights. That. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then now we have all the adamantium and um, we're able to open up this warp um, at this intersection of all the meteors. Like it looks at our map. Mm -hmm. uh, we can go here. We want to make sure we've done everything. Uh, and then we can jump in the portal and go to the next world. Which we'll talk about next episode. Yeah. Covering worlds two and three. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, and that's it. That's it. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Yeah. Um, we will be back next week with uh, more Final Fantasy V action. And then the following week with Wolfenstein, the new order. Mm -hmm. um, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, if you have things to say about any of these games, which include Way of the Samurai 1, Final Fantasy V, or Wolfenstein, the new order, hit us up at duckfeed.tv slash contact. Yeah. Um, do so by the 15th. Um, if you want to uh, participate in our dispatch episode at the end of the month, keep an eye out for that post. Mm -hmm. um, the way you do that is by being a patron. Go to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Yes. Um, being a patron also gets you the full versions of our premium episodes. So Wolfenstein the New Order uh, is going to be a premium episode. Uh, so to hear that entire thing, uh, become a patron. Doing so uh, actually gets you access to all of our previous premium episodes. So things like uh, Bioshock Infinite, Resident Evil 2, the remake. Um, mm -hmm. bunch of stuff like that. Uh, a full episode on Adventures of Lolo because Puzzle Month was weird. Yeah, 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 and that's a fun episode. Yeah, it was very, very tempting to do the um, you know, just have Battle on the Big Bridge be the only song for this one. <laughs> Similar to how the Lolo song is the only song for the Lolo episode. <laughs> um, but we did not do that. No. Um, when you're hearing this, plenty of time to uh come to Duckfest. Yeah. Go to uh, duckfeed.tv/duckfest and please come visit us. It's going to be extremely fun. Mm -hmm. Um. It's only 15 bucks. 
Um, you're going to get a cool little swag bag. You're going to get a whole day of podcasting in an air-conditioned movie theater with snacks and uh, concessions. Mm-hmm. And then a fun night out at a very good barcade um, drinking beers with some tired boys mm-hmm. um, and uh, playing some arcade games. Come beat Ninja Baseball Batman uh, and uh, join us. It is a rare delight. Yep. It is a you owe yourself a vacation. Yes. So, um, yeah, and I think that's probably about it. I think so. Yeah. Um, so uh, until next time, what should they watch out for, Cole? Um, watch out for motivations. They'll, they'll get you. Yeah. You know, you just want them. Like, you keep an eye out. Add, a motiv- yeah. add, add, motiva- add motivations to your stories. Yeah. If you're writing, mm-hmm. watch out for motivations and add them. Yeah. Shouldn't have to tell you that. <laughs> we'll tell you that. But apparently we do. So. Yeah. Yep. Um, Umbasa. Umbasa. <laughs>